seven, six, five, four, three, two. about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. The following program is rated TVMAL. It contains strong language and is intended. Yeah! 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 That is right, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? And welcome to Circle Bay Podcast, episode 151. Ladies and gentlemen, senores y senores. How is everybody doing here today on a happy Saturday? We are here. We are here. That is right. Yes, yes. It's the whole series. What I've been seeing here with me, hermano, my brother, mi sangre, my all, because he is Mr. No Road. Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. any roads where this man takes you ladies and gentlemen right here this man right here because yes bro right here yeah there you go right there wait no wait that way there you go <laughs> that is right <laughs> of course my brother my my all ladies and gentlemen mr no roads himself because he'd be raw dogging every monday on the blood and entertainment network ladies and gentlemen mike Muir. what is going on my brother what's good what's good man it's so happy to be here look at this beautiful new layout this makeover is Beautiful. Let's go. And we got the LOG in the background. We got Circle Debate. We got the Bloodline. We got the Wrestling Warrior Podcast. We got everything. That's you can't go wrong with the with the Lords of Gotham, baby. That's right. Thank That's you. right. That is right. What is going on, Jacob? Appreciate you for tuning in. Well, great. What is going on, brother? Hello. How are you? Uh yeah. Well, NXT. We try to make time for it, but it's so much to it. We'll do what we can. Yeah, it was good. Let's go, baby. The banger. Yes, the banger. Oh man, what is going on, TK? And of course, my tribal chief. My tribal chief. What is going on, Devin? Appreciate you. Appreciate you very much. Yes. Oh, look. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. Lucas Thomas, what is going on? Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, before we even start with anything, if you see above us, make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that you follow and subscribe to both channels, the Circle Debate and the Blood on Entertainment Network. And if you see all the socials are right up there, you can go check it out uh, right up there on Twitter. You can follow us and the Blood on Entertainment Network on YouTube as well, on Instagram. And also the website, the sexy website. Don't forget to go to bloodlinenetwork.com 
for all your sports and entertainment. In case you can't find anything there, you figure that your sports articles there from ML, MLB Fantasy Draft, MLB, what is going on exactly in the world of baseball, NFL Draft, of course, as well. And, you know, what happened to the recent news. Also, NFL Fantasy Draft, who should you pick, who you should not pick. Also, MMA bet slips from Bakley himself as well. And also, you got the dirt sheet, Dan Bakley, who will be giving you the going on. He is a new seltzer, pretty much, of the Bloodline Entertainment Network. I wanted to say. But, man, oh, yes, we are evolving like wrestling. Baby. Yes, I appreciate you very much. Oh, man, what is going Nick. on? What's going on, Nick? Yes, I appreciate you. Yes, yes, Devin is right. That's right. Not as a tribal chief. But, man, yes, not forget, right above, follow all of them, subscribe to it. Also, you can follow us on Twitch as well on the Blood Entertainment Network and Circle Debate. Make sure because we got it coming out, a lot of exclusive content coming only on Twitch and pretty coming soon to the Patreon as well for the Blood Entertainment Network. So make sure, acknowledge the ones, acknowledge us in the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Ladies and gentlemen. That is right. All right, it's time to get into the action now, baby. Before we get into Raw and SmackDown, this is only one news because we want to just get out of, out of the way. And let's talk about it. There you go. And that is, of course, Tony Khan. And Warner Brothers Discovery making a TV deal. I heard it's about three of a four-year deal. Don't know how much the money is, but all, all I know is that moving forward, coming soon, that all the paper, all the pay-per-views, all the content will be on Warner Brothers Discovery. For now, we're gonna have T, you know, still Dynamite on TNT, no TBS, and I guess uh, and AEW Collision on TNT. I guess that's going to stay since Warner Bros. Discovery kind of owns it in a way. They own, I guess, Turner Network. I believe so. But everything else moving forward, like the exclusive content coming up for AEW will be exclusively for Warner Bros. Discovery. And this does not include Ring of Honor, which surprised me. I mean, why does it include Ring of Honor in this one? It should have included Ring of Honor. Uh, so this is the major reason why Dark and Elevation was ended, besides what we talked about last week about Punk situation collision, but Denaro got some words for us, and, and I believe he got a lot to digress about this. And so I, I cannot wait to hear what he had to say. But man, break it down, my brother. The floor is yours. Give us your thought of brawl and what you heard so far about this. Uh, not Branson for AEW, I guess not, but he got more details. Break it away. No, yeah. So first and foremost, this new uh pending deal with Warner Brothers. I'm hearing should take them into a billion dollar deal. If this is a billion dollar deal for AEW, this is a amazing, amazing, amazing feat for a company that's only been around for about four years. Honestly, I think that was good. Jason, I appreciate you being here. Honestly, I really got to say like anybody who hopes that AEW fails is not a real wrestling fan. You know, you want to see every company succeed and to have another company with a possible billion dollar TV deal it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, AEW Collision, you know, we, we talked about last week how it should be, oh, well, how it shouldn't be a show to cater to Punk's ego. It doesn't look like it's going to be the case because now I'm hearing, you know, rumors and innuendos. We don't do dirt sheets, but the talk is the talk. And it, right now it is, you know, CM Punk and the Elite will be showing up on both Collision and on Dynamite. So this won't be a brand split. It's just going to be an extra two hours of television so you can have more of that roster that you have showcased on a weekly basis. Because you see there's so many, so many huge names in AEW 
And now there's no time for them because it's only two hours, right? But here you add an extra two hours of television. Now the possibilities are endless. You have a lot of more wrestling time. You could put on new guys on uh, collision. You could have time now to have storylines play out. You could have more women's matches. How long have we been talking about the women need more time? Now is your opportunity to do that. So I think that overall, this is a great deal for AEW. I'm excited for Collision. I know a lot of people aren't. I am. I think that there's going to be a really good 2023 ending and a great 2024 for AEW with this new deal. Absolutely. I feel it will be. And then knowing that they're going to focus on Rampage to be more their developmental, kind of like, you know, how NXT has an NXT level up, how WWE has their main event. I mean, it's okay. Because, I mean, it's understandable because think about it. They, they can't compete against right after SmackDown. Uh, it's, it's too late. I mean, once SmackDown is over on the East Coast, which is what, 7 o'clock Eastern, right? By that time, you're going to have. On the East Coast, we got, uh, it ends at 10 o'clock Eastern. Oh, 10 o'clock Eastern, yeah. right. Okay. So, the, right. You're okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so then okay. Rampage starts at 10 to 11. That That is a hard position mm. to be in to get ratings because. You know, for wrestling fans who already are watching wrestling on Fridays, they're watching SmackDown, and then, you know, a third hour of wrestling is already hard to sit through. We see how that is on Mondays. But then, you know, those who are, you know, living their life and out on Friday nights, they're not coming home on a Friday night to sit at home and watch Rampage. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because it's time to party. That's it. That's, that's what it is. It's Friday, right? the party of a lifetime. It, it's tough. You know, it's really, really tough for, you know, for that – you know, for Rampage to try to compete with that. So, that you know, it makes sense why more focus now on having Collision to be, like, the actual second show. Uh, but then again, I digress because I feel bad for Rampage. I mean, this yeah. was, like, the second board show, and then you know, now you're going to treat it like a developmental program. So, I mean, it's fine. I, I mean, we just have to, you know, see how it turned out. See what's going on, Jason Dunham, see Mike. My God, I, mean, I love him. I love this competition now. Triple H and Nick Khan are going to do something for a collision debut. We're also going to make more, get more billion if AEW gets this. Yeah, they can. Um, but as of this moment, they're still number two to the number one of WWE. It doesn't help with the time is always moved with the show. It's pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I feel the transitioning, and I'm with you, TK. Um, what I feel the fact that, that, um, them later probably transitioning to Warner Brothers exclusively, that could be the case. You know, that could happen um, because of that. I think I, – I wouldn't say Dynamite. I would say more you, – you will keep Dynamite as your television platform, like on, T, uh, on TBS, right? Yeah. But for Rampage, I will probably will put that on Warner Brothers Discovery and then have the collision to be on television with TNT. Yeah. I think it kind of balances it out, I think, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same, but I feel that – we're, you know, because you know how TK mentioned about movie rampage because of the NBA playoffs. You know, well, pretty soon it's going to be over. You know, we're almost at that point. We're already heading into the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, but you know, still, and you still have the NBA Finals, so it will take some time. Uh, but I mean, they could they could do so many ways of how to manage everything overall. And I know Tony Khan wants to, you know, please, you know, obviously his investors, like meaning as in you know, Turner Network, Warner Brothers. So he needs to find a balance so they can all, everybody in that table be pleased. So I, that, that's, yeah. and the biggest question, how you mentioned about the roster, like how is that going to work out too for Collision? I mean, if they're going to go both shows, cool. 
I hope they really take this and utilize this. How you mentioned having women's to be more, you know, more pre presentable now and give them more time. I'm, I'm hoping they do. It's, I like the idea of making Rampage a main event type of show. It actually develops. Yeah, it does. It does develop young yeah. talent. Turn Rampage into NXT. Maybe Dynamite and Collision is the show. Yeah, I, I agree, Lucas. Yeah, I wonder if AD, if AW get get morning out. Okay, okay. Uh, maybe they got a GM. Who knows? Mark Henry. That's right. You know what makes actually sense. Imagine Paul White and Mark Henry being the GMs for those. <laughs> Drop trash as rampage. I just focus on dynamite and this shit. That's cold blooded. That's hate, 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 hate for the tribal chief. Jesus. Oh my god. But all right. Well, let's get into it now. Let's get into some WWE. Amy, let's go. Let's talk about Raw and SmackDown. That is right. Let's talk about it, man. Yeah. So we saw what happened on Raw. With the, the tournament beginning, and a lot of the key points of Raw that happened. Of course, you can see right below me on my side, you see Lesnar, Ted, and Cody. You know what I want to talk about, Cody? I want to talk about beating your ass at Night of Champions, challenging him at Night of Champions, and he literally cost him, cost him to be part in that tournament, in that triple threat. That was when Finn Balor won, and that he advanced. Rollins won, and he advanced. And then Rollins and Finn Balor were the last two in that you know, final side of the bracket, Rollins won. Now he is in the finals for that World Heavyweight Championship above us at Night of Champions. And also you have, of course, the return of Becky Lynch and the promo that Trish Stratus took out of 2005, I believe it was, 2006. Same promo, same shit. But, you know, I'm not going to say. Heel Trish. Yeah, heel Trish. Love it, love it, love it. But, man, you know, smack that on course. It looks like we're having in trouble in paradise with the bloodline because ugh, you think it's all fun and games? You think I'm joking? You think I'm laughing? Oh, that push Here's in the face. You? Do I amuse you? Like, Jesus. Like, oh, man. You never, ever disrespect the tribal chief because he's You there. Sitting at home. Acknowledge me. Yes, he's got to acknowledge him for sure. And then, of course, you have AJ. AJ, fantastic match in, in that triple threat against Edge and Rey Mysterio. I don't know if Rey got hurt because it looked like his hand was hurting, I believe, like when he came on the top rope to yeah, grab Edge. You notice that, right? Yeah, when uh, uh, when Edge went for that spear, but it looked like he like, just collided. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, it, it was a good chemistry. Look, I'm not a super fan of triple threats, but – the ones we saw on Raw and SmackDown were great. The chemistry, just the psychology. I like out of all four of them, I really enjoyed more the AJ and Edge and Rey Mysterio because just seeing that DDT, seeing Rey Mysterio giving that 619 to Edge while Edge got him into the I forgot what the hell's name the finisher that is. On AJ, everything was just like mwah, Chef's Kiss. I enjoyed it. And then now we have a heel turn of Asuka again. I don't know what they're doing there. Like, they need to figure something out. Yeah. But then, of course, AJ defeating Bobby Lashley. Lashley advancing when he defeated Sheamus and Austin Theory. Lashley was pretty cut up, really bad, really bad. Uh, but, you know, seeing that singles match of AJ and Bobby remind me of TNA. Like, it really did. I don't know if you got that feeling. but oh, no, I definitely did. <laughs> it reminded me of TNA. But, man, 
and then now you have Roman and Solo challenging Sammy and Kevin Owens, Knight of Champions, for the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. And, of course, he dedicated it to that match to Afan Sika, the Wild Samoans. We already know that, thanks to Dirty Sheet Dad on the Blood Entertainment Network, that the reason now Sammy and, and Kevin are able to go, because now they are at peace with, with uh, Syria and Saudi Arabia. Now they are working together again. A peaceful treaty occurred. So now the doors are open for now for Sammy to Kevin to go, which is I'm invested and curious to see how is that going to work out for Sammy. Sammy mainly because... He puts himself out there on social media yeah. about how shit he talks about fucking up there in the Saudi. I don't know how, how they're gonna move him with open arms. I don't know. I, I think Sammy's just gonna, the reaction he gets. Oh, I know, right? That's where I'm curious what reaction he's gonna get along with Kevin. But man, talk about it, Nero. Break it down overall. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I, I loved. Uh, every one of these three-way, the triple threat matches in the first round. So all four of the triple threats. I think that the best triple threats in this uh, tournament was probably the Seth Rollins, Nakamura, and Damian Priest one. And then the AJ Styles, Edge, and Rey Mysterio one on SmackDown. Um, really, really good action here, both on Raw and SmackDown. I loved. I talked about it on Raw Dog in, on Monday that I really like how on Raw we started to see for some fresh faces. Um, Zoe Starks was called up. We have a lot of possibilities. We got Imperium looking like they're going to be in a feud with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which I like. Um, really cool to see that. As for the tournament, I think the right guy went over. We said it last week we all thought that this belt was made for someone like Seth Rollins. So having Seth Rollins go to the finals, I think that that's the right person to go to the finals. And then on the SmackDown side, I'm really, really happy it was AJ because AJ Styles has been one of my favorite wrestlers for a long, long time. And for him to be in the finals for this championship, I think that that's just really, really cool. You know, they keep on talking about, like, the, the window on his career is starting to close. He's near retirement. But you wouldn't be able to tell that by seeing them in the ring because AJ Styles is still wrestling at a high level and could go with the best of them. So I feel like as much as I'm with Seth Rollins being the first champion, I would not be mad at all if AJ Styles becomes the first champion for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, the only also things that I like, I really like the whole bloodline swerve. With um, we think that the Usos are going to get one more shot at Kevin and Sammy, but it ends up being Roman and Solo. That's very interesting. What happens if Roman wins? Roma, Roman's going to be walking around with four belts, two tag titles, two world titles. That's insane. You know what I mean? Like. If they do that, that will be crazy. Um, but also, the one thing I do got to say is we're week one in the draft. After the draft. This is week one of having two completely separate brands. And there's already so much cross-pollination between Raw and SmackDown. I feel like the draft was pointless. So that's my only complaint. I feel like, you know, having shown uh, what happened with Brock Lesnar and Cody on SmackDown and then having AJ wrestle for a title against guys who are on Raw and then have Roman and Solo going against guys who are drafted to Raw, that just shows that this draft already doesn't matter. So I don't know why we even did a draft in the first place. Uh, yeah, that's where – the way how I, you know, feel about this, but before I get to the chatter, and I apologize, guys, the chat, I just want to get this very briefly. I want to digress about this very quickly about this. One thing for sure, 
I'm I'm with you. I love that AJ's in the main event. I mean, headed to the main event pretty much in the finals against Seth. And oh, I've been dying to see Seth and AJ forever. And now yeah. we wanted to get to see it. I have to play it because it's t- I haven't played it. And I think, yes. Oh, Seth Rollins is AJ. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh, daddy, daddy. I need it. We want it. I want to consume it. Oh, damn it. Oh, get him on the arms. But I digress. But man, I look, Rollins is going to win. I said it like two weeks ago. I said, Rollins is the man. I love you, AJ. I know you hate me for saying that. I know, I know, man. But look, Rollins is meant to win for this title because the fact that he is able, like I said, he is the man who is going to be in that process heading in into the evolution of becoming the face of the WWE once Roman steps down and retires. Because Roman's time is, I'm not saying it's coming up very, very soon, but it's getting stagnant, as you can yeah. say, for certain individuals. Not for me. I'm okay with it, but it's certainly I like, <laughs> I like it because it's the hottest thing in professional wrestling. But for certain people... It's becoming that. So they need something new, something fresh. You need your Batman to your Joker. And that's it. That's Seth Rollins. Rollins is the Joker to Roman's Batman. And that's what it is there. So you need Rollins to become the face as well of the whole organization to be out there on TV shows, to be out there on, you know, you know, talk shows, all of that. He needs to do all of that marketing level, especially now with the, you know, with the, Endeavor purchase everything over. You need these two guys to represent the company. You need one representing Raw. You need one representing SmackDown. So you need a face for Raw, and and overall for the company, along with Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins is your guy. Now I know TK. You know I know you mentioned about uh about you know the point of the draft. I get it. Yeah, I feel that all this was a plan B. This is the reason why I say this because. I think Paul Levesque had already things in place. Remember, it was the Night of Champions. It was King and Queen of the Ring. Now, yeah. I think Papa H had things in plan to get Roman away from one of those belts and have him lose it at SummerSlam. And have him lose one of the belts, continue to have the other one, and the other one will go back to, to Raw. And I feel that all this was a plan B. He had no other alternative choice to do this, you know, this from this draft, which the draft was already planned anyway, it was gonna take in place. However, though, I feel that he felt I feel that he was planning the winner of the King of the Ring, challenge to at SummerSlam or Money in the Bank. And then from there, that that title holder, whoever's gonna be, will take that belt to Raw. Yeah. And that'll be it. But unfortunately. Because Vincent Kennedy McMahon, you know, is the guy that loves to we'll make movies. I love to make movies, you know. I love, I love chocolate and titties, pal. Oh. <laughs> this man, of course, got says he made his full return. Decided, no, we're not gonna do that. God damn no, we're gonna change it. We gotta go to Night of Champions. Nice. All right, so I think all of that changed because of this man, Vincent yeah. Kennedy McMahon. So Triple H, of course, Papa H had no other alternative choice to make this title belt the third title. It's not even two. It's it's three. Tres. And I that's my theory of I feel that this probably happened because of that. And 
which doesn't make sense. I get you. I'm with you too when it comes to that because why the fuck is this motherfucker walking out with two belts? It should be one big old belt combined, yeah. right? Like the undisputed title, like back in the old days, was 2002, right? 2003, around yeah. there. I like that, but I, I that's my digression about it. I don't know, man. I, I, I that's my theory. I don't know if you feel the same theory, but I feel that probably took place. That's why a lot of the, all this shit happened. It makes sense. It definitely makes sense. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, they already did announce King and Queen of the Ring, and then all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, everything changes. So it does make sense. Yep, I agree. Okay. I mean, I agree with you too, K. Let's see. I bet Riddle Space. Oh. That's uh, a mm-hmm. mm. That'd be a really mm. good matchup. Yeah. I want to highlight Jacoby when he mentioned a tease. I want to see that. Bloodline and LWO. Woo-hoo. Give me that because I I think we all said it here. I think we all did. I, I just got the new LWO shirt, the, uh, the Puerto Rico one. I was rocking it on uh, Top Rope last night. Yo, that shirt is fire. I I fuck with the LWO. Sorry. Hell yeah. That's right about the locals <laughs> for life. It's that's right. That's right. Give us LWO and blood like Give that. me what I want. Right. You got to give us what we want. We want to see that. But I'm with you, Jacoby. I definitely want that. What's going on? The Notorious D.O.M. If you missed it, go back on the Blood Entertainment Network catch. Of course, they recapped what, along with the Nero here. An instant classic. WCW. The Brassling. Yeah! Bash at the beach, baby. Great. I love it. Thanks for having me on yesterday, Dom. We had a great time. Definitely go check out Top Rope from last night for sure. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Let's see. Tamina's guess. Yes, there you go, Lucas. Yes, I've been saying it. Add Tamina to the bloodline, and I feel that they are gonna do it because of this fucking this situation. What's going on? It's gonna add the bloodline. I, I, I'm just like, whoo, oh man, I, I'm just excited for it. <laughs> yes, be mad at now. Here's a question now, Daniel, that I have. Now that we got rid of you know got the AJ and Rollins situation out of the way. What about this man right here, Cody? Rhodes. After Lesnar again had Night of Champions, what's next? What is next for Cody Rhodes after that? And how do you feel? What do you feel about his booking so far? Overall, man, break it down to me. I want to hear you. I, to be honest, I loved Cody's booking all the way up until uh, I guess after WrestleMania. I thought that Brock Lesnar should have squashed him at (laughs) Backlash. I'm a big Cody fan, but I thought that Brock should have squashed him at Backlash, and then you really break down Cody. And maybe they'll do it here at Night of Champions, but, like, you break down Cody, and you break him down, and you break him down, you break him down, and then you have to have him rebuild back up, you know, put him through hard times, like everyone's been saying. Have him go through hard times. Him beating Brock Lesnar is not going through hard times. Those are fucking happy times. Those Those are celebrating times. Make him go through hard times, have him get destroyed, and then have to build himself back up. So when he is ready to go against Roman Reigns once again, it's like, all right, yeah, this time there's no question. He's a new man. He's bigger, better, stronger than he ever was before. He's going to win that title. But right now, you're you're not doing that. So I feel like they could still do that, but it all starts at Night of Champions. I feel like Brock has to destroy Cody, absolutely destroy him. And do you agree with Jay? I mean, with Jason down here saying that Cody again, a third one in hell in a cell at SummerSlam. Oh, I like that booking. 
I mean, nah. I feel like <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I can do without that. I feel like after uh Night of Champions, let's see what Cody goes on to go on and Brock could do something else. Yeah, what's going on on the ground? Temple Temple places. Uh, says beats AJ, Cody beats Brock clean. Seth versus Cody, SummerSlam three, and then for the belt, maybe that could happen. I, I like that too. I ain't mad at that too. I am not mad at that too. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Um, Cody's booking, it's, it's not over. I feel everybody thinks that. Cody's booking right now is like a punishment or like, hey, you're starting all over again, buddy. You wanted to come back to the big times, to the big leagues. You had the opportunity to be your EVP over there. You could have put, you put yourself over. You did that for the TNT belt over there on your the competitor side. And what happened there, you decided not to be the face because it's too obvious. And I respect that. You don't want it to be the obvious man in the other competitor promotion to be, I'm going to be the number one guy. Screw that. But yeah. there was, you know, I respect that from Cody for him to, to really downgrade himself back as a regular talent. Who knows? Maybe he couldn't handle the pressure of all this, you know, trials and tribulations of being an EVP. Maybe he couldn't handle the pressure. And then also not you easy. have, I bet, oh, yeah, it's not easy. And then only think about it. You have, you have three other egos in place. You have, you know, you, know, you have the, the Bucks and you have Omega. So that's. Think about that. You got four and Tony in the final say, the final boss, not Shaq Khan, Tony Khan. But yeah. then you had that's already that's five right people right there, just all egos colliding. Maybe Cody couldn't handle the pressure. All now ego, that, not Ethan Page. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Ego. I love that song. But you know, I, I feel with Cody coming back and what he's doing so far, I think for me is great. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take time. I give it time. Who look right now? I feel that Papa H is telling his story where he needs to tell it. He's slowly, like how Matt will say, is marinating wherever it's coming up because the next big WWE event is SummerSlam. Yeah. Got that. And you got money in the bank too because you see how they're going to figure that out. Money in the bank. Remember, Cody can win money in the bank. Cody could say, you know what? I'm going to go to SmackDown and challenge, you know, of course, challenge the tribal chief again. To get yes. his match on SmackDown. You never know. I mean, right, Tribal Chief? I'm pretty sure. You're lying. Okay, maybe I'm lying. I don't know. You know, maybe I'm lying, Tribal Chief, but you never know. I think this guy may come back and, you know, try to get that belt away from him. I mean, you know. <laughs> you better watch this guy. You better watch it. I don't know about this guy. I, I mean, there's, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But that could be the case too, man. I mean, that, that could happen as well. Um, a lot of things that I, I don't think is over. The, the Cody Rose story is not over. No. I don't I don't think it is. It, it's I think I think he has to go through a lot of more than what people expect him not to go through. I think. Yeah. You know, like I think everybody expected. Right away, he goes, oh, he's going to win in a mania. Oh, that was it. No, maybe no, 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 no. Get it. Tranquilo. No, no, tranquilo. Right? Right, Nido? Tranquilo. See, take it easy. It's- and also, you know, people, people need to remember he's only been back since January. Like, he got injured and then he came back at the Royal Rumble, but it's only been like five months. Like, 
and less. It was like late January. So it's been like four months. Like, give it time to brew. Give it time to build that story, you know? Many hard times Cody needs from Purple Peck to Brock destroying him after being screwed at Mania. Sounds like hard times to me. Yeah, but he beat Brock at – so being Brock at Backlash, right, you're going to start rebuilding him back up now? I mean – I don't see him getting another title shot against Roman until WrestleMania 40. So to build that storyline as, oh, all right, he went through hard times and now he's being built back up. I feel like you have to really slowly dissect this before you get to the point where he's ready for another title shot. Mm, okay. Let's see what Temple got to say. Fill, fill out Roman versus Solo, Kevin, Kevin and Sammy. Usos cost Solo Roman. We get Usos. With so- Ooh, it's Wow. That's good booking. That would be insane. Oh, you know what, Temple? Just for you, I will play this for you. Such good shit. Good shit right there. Hey, I didn't thought about that until he just did. Jesus. Okay, I like that. I like the book. I'll tell you what's next. Cody wins money in bank. Challenges Rose. Excuse me. Yes, I'm with you, DOM. What's going on, Tobin Cruz? Thank you so much for tuning in, my brother. Somebody with a mic. Veer is coming. Veer is coming. Veer is coming. Veer is coming soon. He's coming. Let's see what Devin got to say. Cody will win money in the bank, but lose against my tribal chief because it's adversity. Adversity, baby. Adversity. Oh, my God. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> man, let's see. Whoa, what's going on, Streets? Oh, streets. Oh, man. Check out Roto Slappers on the Blood on the Entertainment Network. That's my band right here, Streets, provides the knowledge of not only just NFL, but MLB mm-hmm. and else on the fantasy, man. This guy knows how to fantasy book like no other. Right. Huge, huge episode of Roto Slappers tonight, 8 o'clock central. That is Stay right. Tuned. Subscribe to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. That's right, baby. That is right. Oh, man. Another thing that I wanted to, you know, because now we're waiting for the, the, the director and Matt Callis. But very quick, how about Bianca's Veller's booking? Talk to me about that. What do you think so far? Do you see what do we see a heel turn coming soon from her? I mean, I don't know. He'd break it down to do. I feel like she all right, she's already now the longest reigning women's champion. She has been phenomenal in the ring, but character-wise, I feel like we need to see another side of her. I seen her as an amazing heel in NXT. If you remember, she was a really good heel in NXT. So I don't want to see the title get off of her. I want her to continue to reign as champion, but I think that we need to see that other side of her. So I would not be mad at a heel turn. So give us a heel turn just to keep it fresh. That's right. We got to keep it fresh with her, man. We have to. So, man, I I just... Let's see. (laughs) Okay, so Matt Callis. We'll give you some time, Matt Callis. Yes, we're just waiting for the rest of the people. But um, Bianca... Let's see. What can I say about Bianca? I we need her to chart it already. I think maybe they're waiting for that at SummerSlam. Yeah. I think we need that for SummerSlam. Bianca and Charted. Uh that's for sure. Let me hold on. Let's see what's the Temple Plays gotta say. What if Papa H brings back the OG pay-per-view great? Oh in <laughs> Long Beach, California? Not like that. I don't buy that either. Hmm. The Great American Bash. Cody cashes in Roman instead of Mania. Roman versus The Rock. Cody versus Randy Orton. Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. 
That'd be huge. But you know what WWE does do? They brought it back a couple years ago, and I think it would be even bigger. It would be if they did this shit at Starcade. Oh, that's right, huh? WWE yes. brought back Starcade before. Do Starcade make it a, a PLE and have Cody win the WWE title for his father on the show that his father created? Come on. Come on. <laughs> and have that shit in the fucking Texas bull rope match or some shit. You know what I mean? Oh, Real- hell. Oh, my God. You are fantasy fucking like, oh, like no other. Right, Blue? Oh, yeah. That's right. Hell, yeah. That is right. Hell, yeah. Even, even Leo loves it. I, where are you, Leo? You're everywhere. Damn you. There you go. I love it. We do love it. That is right. Let's see what Dom is. I'm still waiting for Rhea and Bianca. It will be a unification match for two two now. I'm all up. Okay. I got you, Dom. I got you. Here. It could be, but DOM, notorious DOM. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love what he does. Bad news, baby. That's not going to be to WrestleMania 40. Because they ain't going to happen no time this year. They will cross paths with each other. They'll eventually have to trade the belts. Because why Why is Bianca still rocking the Raw belt and Rhea the SmackDown belt on different brands? I mean, they're going to have to eventually swap those belts. Coming yeah. down soon, you know. Unless they're creating a new championship belt for the women. Which I think they should. Because I feel like this big WWE one, I think it needs to kind of go away and build something the ugly new. Belts, yeah. uh, I think they should build something new for it. But I want to see uh, Bianca and Raquel Rodriguez. That would be a really good matchup. Oh, yeah. And then eventually, I think the big money matchup will be Raquel and Rhea Ripley. But that's not happening anytime soon either. So. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it could. It actually, could. Didn't Liv and uh, Raquel get drafted to Raw? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, Raw. Yo, imagine a three-way. Zoe Starks. Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez for the Women's Championship. Book that shit. That'd be fire. Oh, that would be fire. Another thing, too, I forgot to say, on SmackDown, we saw To The Moon. Oh, he made his debut. I was so fucking happy that he made his debut. My man, Cameron. Cameron Grimes. Yeah, Cameron Grimes. All right. It is time to bring in this man, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there he is. The man, the invisible hand. That is right. Ah, let's re up. Are you still Matt Callis after the backstabbing of a century? Oh, you damn traitor. Damn it. It's here, ladies and gentlemen, the backstabber, the invisible podcast. Matt Callis. Where's your screwdriver? Oh, there it is. No, no. (laughs) With the pen instead of with the screwdriver. Got a pen. The pen is mightier. The pen fifteen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gotta say it's he doesn't work as a babyface character. It's so awkward just having him. This character doesn't work at all as a babyface, in my opinion. So I mean, he's got a side. Like everybody made the Paul Heyman comparison, and that's actually pretty accurate. I mean, who who remember who he learned from? He learned he learned from Paul Heyman. That's so very it, very true. This, it definitely reminds me of when he turned on when Paul Heyman turned on Brock Lesnar to help the Big Show out. I remember that. I remember that storyline. What up, Clark Street? 
Oh, I'm just for, some, yeah, he, he, what you Air dummies. Ah. Well, he wants to play this clip for you because, yeah. We, <laughs> you better watch this guy. You better watch it. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> better watch that guy. Yes, we got to watch this man right here. Yes, mm-hmm. Matt Callis, we have to watch all of you. Oh, no, no. No, Matt Callis won't do that to us. Watch my YouTube channel. Watch my oh. YouTube channel. That's what you got to watch. <laughs> MGT Universe. Oh, okay. The only thing is, look, I trust Matt Callis. I'm just not going to be in the same room with him with the screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be either. I don't I don't think so. Oh man. Like a stinker or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, let me see, man. Ivan Don Callis is a legend. I love it. Never like Kenny Mega. Ivan don't cry. Don Callis is finished. He is back at Cyrus from ECW. Damn! Oh my god! Yeah, he's Cyrus only, he only works as a as a heel. And Not yet. He's better as a heel, always. Definitely. We'll definitely talk about that in long form. Yeah, we're just waiting for the director to come on in. So we're, oh, and here he is. Uh-oh. Oh. Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. And there he is. Yes. El director. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's all we can play because you got to see it on May 23rd. Am I correct? Stop saying how much I love all the Japanese references, like like to both anime and to and kanji and hiragana and katakana that appears on screen. Yeah, no idea what any of it is. I'm just in the video. I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what if any of that is real words. I don't know if that's like some shit. It might be the lyrics. It's like, it's like the three different terms. It's like the Japanese alphabet is. No, I understand different. what that means. What I'm saying is I don't know what it actually says. Oh yeah, me either. Uh, I'm not that far along in my learning yet. I know one of the symbols. <laughs> well, you know what time it is, baby. Let's go, man. It's time! It's time! It's beta time! Dynamite! That is right. Dynamite that happened, uh, wait a minute, 72 hours ago. 72 hours? Yeah. 70, yeah, yeah. Because Sunday would have been 96. So, yeah, 72 Ooh. hours ago that happened. Of course, Dino might. Oh, hey, you know what? I really, this was a fucking pay per view for me, honestly. I, I actually enjoyed this fucking dynamite. I actually really enjoyed it because it did, it definitely had a lot of aggression. It did. It did have a lot of ruthless aggression. Oh, man. It did have it. So let me see here. Where are we? Yeah, baby. There we are. Ha, ha, ha. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Look at this. Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Squares, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you have it here. Where's Dom DeLuise at? <laughs> <laughs> As we're going to start it off, of course, with the opening matchup here. It's Double Jeopardy, okay? Not the Double Jeopardy show, but this is the Double Jeopardy of course, the regulations of this match, the rules of this is the winner of this match, of course, gets the title shot of the loser's titles, which, of course, you have the Ring of Honor World Champion, Claudio Castelloni, versus the Ring of Honor, half of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, 
uh, Bray Phoenix. Great opening match. It was mwah, fantastic. Just seeing Bray Phoenix being thrown everywhere, him throwing himself everywhere, Claudio just being taking all those hits, man. I I, I might get shit on this, but a little bit kind of reminds me of a mixture of little Lucha Underground, a little bit of PWG. Just a little bit. Just a little tiny, tiny poquito, poquito. But I, I, this is awesome. This is a great opening match. I really enjoyed this. So I will take it to you, director. Give us your thought about this opening matchup. Give us your thoughts. Cardio, of course, getting the win. Now they right. get a shot versus the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Question, who's he going to pick? Dianson, Wheeler, or Moxley? Who's he going to pick? But Break it down for us. Yeah, this match was exactly what you thought it was going to be. It was going to be the big man throwing the little man around, and that's exactly you know what it was. I look mad. Cyrus turn on Kenny. Chris looked mad. Yes, I I am mad. Cyrus turn on Kenny. I <laughs> lost people. Is that? I'm trying to figure out what that means. Chris. Oh, you talking about Don Callis? Yeah, but why am I mad about that? And what am I looking at? <laughs> uh, anyway. Moving on. Yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the Double Jeopardy stipulation was it's nice, but I would have liked to have seen Phoenix win this. Because uh, it wouldn't hurt Claudio if he lost this or and then won the title match. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as, you know, now it's going to be someone from BCC versus the Lucha Bros for the Ring of Honor tag titles. Uh, who does Claudio pick? Um it's probably going to be Wheeler because he's the only one not involved in uh, another sub storyline. Cause Moxley's got Kenny Daniel's got, I don't know <laughs> something. And then, you know, it, it, Daniel's the only one who's not like a traditional tag wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like he's him and Moxley are both like singles wrestlers separately. Claudio has been in a tag team as much of his singles career. And then Wheeler is kind of just like put him wherever he's an auxiliary player. So, that makes the most sense to me. What up, Lennox? Mm-hmm. House of Black. Okay. Why is everyone okay. you look mad? Why? I know, right? You look mad. Someone else mad too. Yeah, the, the director looks mad. No, I wasn't shocked by that at all because I predicted this like two months ago. <laughs> Cloudy finally got the be- I got a better theme now. That is true. He did get a better theme song. <laughs> oh, let's see. Let's see, Mike. What if Omega gets a Brian friend of Chris Hero? I would like that. I would like Chris Hero. I also saw someone say that maybe Nigel McGuinness. That would be dope. But like Chris said, it's probably going to be Wheeler. So let's not get our hopes up. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That is right. Little well, shit. <laughs> Mike Callis, break it down. No, I'll, I'll say that it, the psychology of this match definitely was just your classic big heel versus your little guy at babyface. So I, in my mind, it seems like it was easy for both of them to put this match together. Like, oh, yeah, this has all the classic, you know, kind of over. I'm, I'm the power guy. I'm the jerk. And, and the psychology was all there. It was perfect in terms of psychology. The only thing is um, if it I'd say if it was a pay-per-view, it would be a title match. I think that's this is the only thing preventing it from being a pay-per-view was this just being like a preliminary before the title. So I think mm. and I guess they're saving it for Ring of Honor, though the yeah, I'm definitely on board with the Chris Hero idea just because 
I think I think the BCC needs maybe just a little bit more numbers, just to be even more of a threat. Because like I've said it in the previous weeks, you can never have too many heels. You know, you can never have too many heels. They the the bad guys always need that because it's kind of tough when the bad guys are outnumbered to kind of get the whole to get the point across. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you always want to they, 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 There's no such thing as an underdog heel. Yeah. Underdog heels really tough to get across, and yeah, yeah. Don Don Callis is is my my illegitimate father. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch early Don Callis to see the resemblance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cyrus, yeah, the Cyrus. He, Cyrus, Cyrus. he was running ECW. Yeah, oh, that's wow. right. We'll go back and watch him with uh, the Truth Commission. We'll see commission. Bull Buchanan, uh, fucking Kurgan, Ivory. Oh my God. Val Venus. No, that was. No, no. That no, was. No, that was, was Kurgan. It was Kurgan. Kurgan Bull Buchanan. No, no. It was Kurgan. Uh, Bull Buchanan. Uh, Bull Buchanan. Bull Buchanan. And then who else was the other one? Um, shit, I forgot the commission. Oh, was it somebody from. Was it Savio Vega or Godfather? No, that's still right to censor. Fuck. Nah, yeah, you saw anyway. That shit's old. We old Next career. episode, we'll all go wear the green shirts and the red beret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or did, they, did they do the Imperium thing? Did they do any of this shit? I don't know. They did. They're all. Yeah. The <laughs> Nero, take it away, brother. I thought that this was a good, really good matchup. And just like Ivan said, like it did remind me of PWG. It reminded me also of uh, of uh, Lucha Underground. I mean, we have a former PWG champion going against a former Lucha Underground champion, so that's why. But it, it reminded me of the Phoenix matches that he had in Lucha Underground against Mil Muertes, where oh. the bigger guy was tossing them around and Phoenix had to fight from the bottom. I really like this, and I like the idea of now Claudio gets a Ring of Honor tag title shot. Um, who his partner is going to be is going to be interesting. Like Chris says, probably going to be Willie Yuta. But I would like to see a surprise. Like we just saw Nigel McGuinness come back to the company. Nigel McGuinness is saying don't rule out that he might return to the ring. And Claudio and Nigel has a long history in Ring can of Honor. He, can he legally do that? Wait, yeah, what do you mean? Um, well, I don't want to speak on his personal problems, but you guys know why he can't compete, right? I know. Well, I think that uh, what's it called? He, is it treatable? I believe it's treatable because even before he retired, after he was already diagnosed, he went on a retirement tour before officially retiring, and he had like ten matches afterwards. Okay, so I yeah. thought it was a health issue. So, no, I, I think I it was a health issue for other people, not just himself. Yeah, I, after uh, there was a DVD uh, documentary he put out called "The Last of McGinnis," and he was talking about how it's one hundred percent treatable. Everyone will be safe, but. The reason why he doesn't want to wrestle anymore is because it was more of like a mental thing. He was signed to the WWE. That was his dream. Then was declined because of the health issues. So that led to retirement. But he he's looking to come back to the ring. And him and Claudio. When I started when he came over to NXT, I it was I guess I had started watching NXT after his in ring career. You know, same thing about Corey Graves. Like I I think I only seen like one Corey Graves match. Before he had to transfer over to the booth. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's probably pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Nigel's one of the greatest Ring of Honor champions of all time. That would be awesome to see him in the ring. But it's probably going to be Willie Yuta, so. <laughs> hey, 
Yeah. Or, or Chris Hero, how they mentioned, you know, how Temple mentioned. Maybe Chris Hero. Yeah. I, I, no, no. Sorry. You know, I'll, I'll say this. Maybe they're saving it for England. I mean, maybe they're say, saving Nigel's comeback for England. He's, he, it's like he's. That it's would a, be cool, man. Wembley, Wembley Stadium is going to fucking pop when you get Soraya versus Jamie Hader and Soraya wins, and mm-hmm. I'm going to cry black tears. I mean, maybe maybe it just creates more questions. Who do you think Nigel should be in a match within England? Brian like, Danielson. Nigel versus Danielson. You got to that storyline yesterday, though. That shit's in August. Yeah, I know, but that storyline writes itself. That's his greatest rival of all time. Right, but you know, mm. AEW has a really good track record of not reminding us of that. They just, <laughs> Very true. They, just, they just throw it together and be like, remember that time 10 years ago? We're like, I mean, I do, but who else does? Maybe they'll show, they'll show a short clip at Wembley Stadium and then give us the match. And yeah, then, like, literally. And, and he runs out at the beginning of the match. His, his, his return is at Wembley. We don't even – yeah, I hope not. You'll have Excalibur talk about the history in like 10 seconds and that's it. Yeah. You remember five years ago they had a Then all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> all right, let us move on. We're doing the matches first. We'll get into the segments for last because I don't want to get too much into it. But yes, we have the AEW International Championship matchup between Orange Cassidy and Daniel Garcia, the sports entertainment, not the professional wrestler. But this match was solid. Look, I think all of us have been saying it for the last couple of weeks. This belt has been booked way extremely better than the TNT title. Yeah. And Orange is, as of now, has been the great. Ah, can I say the greatest? It, that's kind of bold statement. I would say great. Great international champion. I mean, he's this, literally the greatest international champion. Consider there's only been two and a half, three maybe at most. I mean, he's the most iconic. Okay, there you go. Okay, Pac had it for like two weeks and like two defenses. Um, Orange is on his like twentieth defense. I think that number is pretty high. Yeah, uh, you're right. You could, um, how many champions so far we had on this one before him? Who who was it? Who was the first? I think it was oh, just Pac, right? It was just Pac. Oh my, oh my God! Oh, what the fuck? Hey, Tony Khan, this is the one belt they're doing right, in my opinion. Th- thank you. I would. I fucking mm-hmm. love you because it's the US, this is the U.S. title, but peak John Cena open challenge U.S. title status. Like yeah. prestige deluxe is on this belt, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. See, Tony Khan, you should. I'm, I'm assuming you learned your lesson for what you did to the TNT belt, and now you booked this one right. So I'm glad you're doing something right for once, booking this belt, keeping it prolonging on a guy like Orange Cassidy. I'm happy that you're booking him very, very well. But the TNT, you keep fucking up. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit, damn it. I'm tired of his shit. I'm going to hold myself. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it, Tony Khan. Bullshit. But yes, this match is great. Opening, and I like Garcia was going for the hand. You could tell he was going a little bit professional wrestling. But unfortunately, he went back to the sports entertainment. You can even, and by the way, shout out to the crowd of Detroit, Michigan. That crowd was hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that crowd hype. I loved it. Hype. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And just, they were really into this match and just seeing that. And then, Focusing on the hand, and I mean, Orange Cassidy kind of put over Garcia in this match in a way. I mean, I, you guys correct me on that. I'm wrong, but this was a your typical instant classic heel and face. That at the end he kind of struggled, like oh my hand, and then he kind of struggled then with the roll up out of nowhere because of the distraction that Garcia with his sports entertainment, like yeah, you know, showing off. 
But uh, yeah, Gar- Garcia. Think it's about one thing about his booking about Garcia. Want to digress before I pass it to you guys? They fucked it up when they put him back into into jazz. I think if they would have fucking made him dethrone Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Title, we would have been talking differently and highly of Garcia and Ring of. And I know what I'm about to say could be a debate of the week, but I think Garcia. Could could have been the face of Ring of Honor right now as a world champion and made that title prestigious. Sorry, Claudio, you can't do it, but this man can. Anybody want to debate me on that? No, I just want who is Wheeler the pure champion or is it? Yes, the, he's pure champion. Why it should still be Daniel Garcia? Daniel Garcia had it right. He lost it to Wheeler. Yeah. Yes. It should still be. It should still be Garcia. That's just my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I'll say. I mean, there's no. There's no diff- where are these belts being defended? On Ring of Honor on an app still? Yeah. And is that weekly or is that like once a month? Weekly. It's weekly, but it's basically it AW Dark with a new title. Okay, but it's still on an app. And yeah, I just have, I don't even see Wheeler holding that belt on Dynamite. So just, it should have been on Garcia this whole time. Let him hold it. Let him run with the, I'm a wrestler, not a, or I'm an entertainer, not a wrestler. That's the angle. No, he's, I'll, also, I'll, he's better on the I, mic. I, I, I'll say so much better on the mic. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I'll say, in terms of experience, Daniel may not have it, but I'll say Daniel's a better speaker than Claudio. You know, Claudio he he does he's not very. It doesn't seem like he's wearing his own shoes when he's when he's cutting promos. So Daniel Daniel's much more of a talker. So if you need somebody, Daniel appears on podcasts. He talks. He you know, very conversational guy. He's a good storyteller. So I'd say, if you if you're if you want a more media savvy champion, definitely the sports entertainer, Daniel Garcia. You know, you need because when you're a champion, you got to represent the brand and this and that. And right now, we a lot of people don't even know exist or where to watch it. If you had a more vocal kind of social champion, who's like, hey, look at me, everybody. You know, I'm I'm, I'm crazy. You know. Like yeah. Claudio's too, you know. I'm I'm too cool to do that, you know. I'm I'm tough. I'm strong. I could grapple. I'm like, but you need somebody who could talk to represent the ROH brand, so yeah. people can know where to watch it. Yeah, I'm with you on that because I mean, think about it. We're in this pop culture environment that you kind of need that type of slang, and Daniel Garcia is the guy to do it. I think Garcia could be the one, the face of Ring of Honor, to kind of put it out there for him. Like I said, I respect Claudio's performance. How you mentioned, Matt, you hit it right in the nail. However, how you mentioned, yeah, Garcia has a better talker. He is the he has that sports entertainment side that he can fit in very well with the pop culture right now and help uh, you know attract audiences. Hey, come check out Ring of Honor, yo! You know I'm the world champ. You know <laughs> I don't know. He talks that way. Look at my, like look at the outfit he was wearing. He was in style. You know he's showing a little bit of belly button. That kind of thing's coming back in from the '90s. Like look at me, I'm style. Midriff, the midriff, the fucking <laughs> yeah, nailed. the Mister Perfect. He's yeah. he's fashion. You know he's wearing the sunglasses, the jackets, the dance. Oh, that's right, the dance. <laughs> Yeah, he does. Like every, like you got, Yo. clip, you can share those clips. That's TikTok ready, you know. <laughs> Taz on commentary saying, "I'm legit uncomfortable when he dances." Was the last. <laughs> Perfect. 
Take it away, Danilo. Give us your thought about this matchup, brother. I thought the matchup was really good. These guys had good chemistry. And Orange Cassidy, once again, showing that he's not just a comedy gimmick. He He's a great wrestler, and he could go with the best of them. And I like his reign. I think that his reign has been very good with the international champion. I don't want to see him lose anytime soon. I don't know if there's anybody like that I could say, oh, he would be a good international champion. Right now, like, let Orange Cassidy continue to run with it because he's doing great. So I, I enjoyed this matchup. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, man. Nice. Matt Callis, take it away. I always catch you when you <laughs> The match overall is, is very – it's very spectacular in terms of, you know, when it comes to, like, newer talent. Orange Cassidy, if you know his actual age, he's not that young, but he he, he still is, like, presented as a young person. So Daniel's Daniel's younger than, than all four of us. I know that for sure. And he's like 24 years old. Yeah, yeah what, 24, 23? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a young... Young, young spring chicken. So, I mean, all, all the opportunities to him, you got more time to shine. You know, I think right now, I mean, he's still kind of reliant on the faction that he's in. So, I mean, and he, he just has to spread his wings a little bit more as, because he's gone already through like two different, two different factions or so, you know, or yeah, something like that. So mm-hmm. I just, just, I just need to see, how how he's gonna be later on when he's on his own? I love the sharpshooter. I gotta say, Dragon Tamer, interesting. Mm, Our okay. new sharpshooter guy nowadays. Mm, okay. The director. Yeah, if you don't take Orange Cassidy as a serious great wrestler or on his way to being a great wrestler, you're just a filthy casual. Um, I don't think he's been in a comedy, pure comedy gimmick in a while. Um. He still does the things that make him who he is, the hands in the pockets, the kip up, the glasses, the hands. I love all of that. But he's not doing that as much as he used to. Um, these are more like homages to that version of himself. And he still works it into his offense instead of like just making his laugh. I want this reign to last a lot longer too. And when he loses, it will be a shock. It'll be a holy shit moment in my opinion. Um and I hate that I think they're going to have him drop it to Miro. I don't want that. But that's what I think is going to happen. I don't think it's going to be a squash. And I think, did Orange Cassidy beat Miro for the TNT title? Or was that Darby? No, yeah. that was Darby. Oh, no, no. Okay. That was Sammy. No, no. Sammy, 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 Sammy. Yeah. Sammy, Sammy. Okay, whatever. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, I, 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 I don't want it to be a squash match, but I can see it happening that way, and it's going to suck. Ooh. It's got to be at least a match that, that – Almost like a Pyrrhic victory. What was it? Because when Mir- what was the was it Miro versus versus uh, Darby Allen for the TNT where where Miro was really like Darby was able to get a good amount of offense or something. I think also Samoa Joe and Darby Allen. You talk about the one in Seattle when Samoa that's Joe jumped. Up. I think yeah. that's what it was something along more along those lines. Yeah. Shout out to Vince. What is going on, Vince? Appreciate you for tuning in, my brother. Yeah. I think Orange has more potential than Sammy Decor. I feel the same. I think he does have potential. He was firing at Shikara, damn it. Go back and look at his firing days. Jesus. Mm-hmm. This man does have it. Oh, man. All right. Now we got the next matchup here. That is, of course, the oh, no holds barred match. 
two incredible, fantastic upcoming talents. Yes, I'm saying that. And people are going to be like, what? I guarantee you everybody's just like, why would you say incredible upcoming talent? Look at that. Hey, yo, what the fuck? And what? Thank you. I don't know. I was thinking about this. Um, Anna Jay's a pillar. I don't give a fuck. She's a pillar. She's the fifth pillar. Like, if you had to add someone without subtracting anybody, it would definitely be her. She's been there since ground zero, uh, day in and day out. And she's taken some injuries and she's taken some bumps, but she's gotten better and she grinds and she's constantly finding new ways to uh, find a character. It's been a, you know, she's gone from like a nobody. I love the Queen Slayer gimmick. I wish that lasted a lot longer. I wish she was the exalted one. That would have been hype. Um, but yeah, she's she's constantly evolving and trying to get better. She's absolutely a pillar in my book. I, I don't care if anyone disagrees. <laughs> Wait a minute. We got to debate this. Debate right? center. <laughs> debate, it's this debate right here. Wait a minute. Hold on. She's a fifth pillar? I thought it was Britt Baker the fifth pillar. Yeah. She could be a, she, okay, let's say let's have four women pillars then. It would be her, Britt Baker. Um, and, and who? Takara Shida. And Nyla Rose. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There's the four women pillars. Fuck it. Well, no, <laughs> I'm no. What about Rigo? Rigo? What about Rigo? Rio was way huger in Japan, in my opinion. I know she was the first AEW Women's Champion, but I think she she had an established career when she came in where Britt really definitely didn't, in my opinion. Anna Jay definitely didn't. She's almost like... Maybe, maybe she was kind of over them because she's kind of, what do you call it? She was all, yeah, like you said, she had the career in Japan and she's kind of, maybe she'd be like the Kenny Omega of that division because, like, Kenny already had his career in Japan before. Yeah, you wouldn't say Kenny was a pillar because, you know, he was, Kenny's, yeah. in my opinion, almost bigger than AEW, obviously. So, yeah. yeah, that's so that's kind of what I'm saying about Riho because she already was, like, an established name. Pre yeah, prior. we knew who she was when she won the belt. That's kind of why she won it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Can we make this a big debate of the week? Can we make it? Can we make it? I just I, I'm dying to do this because I, I want to get everybody's and my apologies to interrupt you, Mac. Uh, no. but I just wanted to I want to get everybody's four pillars right now. I think we should fucking debate. Right? You know what? Fuck it. Yeah. The four so, women pillars of AEW. Go ahead, yeah. Matt. The four zeros. So I'll say Ikara Shida, though, she she did have a career before coming to AEW, but she wasn't really, like, their top champion. Because, like, the way Rio is presented in Tokyo Joshi Pro is like, oh, she has such great pedigree for wrestling. This is, like, the she's, – she's mastered and skilled. She's a prodigy. Almost like how MJF was – it's like how MJF was in MLW. <clears throat> Like, cause MJ App is like, oh, he's a prodigy, da 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 da, or or uh, Jay White, he's a prodigy, da 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 da, and and that really wasn't around Karoshida. She was more, she was kind of grinding on a lot of the smaller promotions, trying to trying to get her name out there. She wasn't really the top girl. She she debuted at the same time as Saki Akai. They were in like a tag match. She's been around a while, but she just had isn't the top the top person. She would have been. She was like a mid-carder in Japan, so she really found, I guess, found her feet as like the top girl over in in AEW. So, so you got I definitely, Shida, you got Sheeta, right? That's one. Yeah, yeah. So it, would, it definitely would be Sheeta, Nyla. Nyla was there since the beginning. I remember her at the first Double or Nothing. 
I think if yeah. Awesome Kong wasn't in that match, it would have made that first like women's what four way five way. It was like it was the I think the bunny actually also kind of deserves a spot, but she hasn't been. Don't at, think that's a crazy statement. I was trying to find. I was going to throw Statlander, but she's injured too much. She spent more time off TV than on TV. Statlander so. wasn't in there on the the first. She wasn't there at the first pay per view. Right, right, like, right, right. Yeah, because Ali, Ali was in that for she was just she was under a different gimmick. She was Ali. Britt wasn't DMD yet. She was just Britt. It was like it was Britt. It was Ali. Oh, well, because of like mental health, I, I keep forgetting her name. Kylie something. What was it? Yeah, uh, Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray. Yeah, Kylie Ray. Mm-hmm. It was Kylie Ray, Britt Baker, uh, Ali, and Ali and Nyla Rose, and then they just threw in Awesome Kong. And then Awesome Kong kind of like overshadowed them, and then I think the psychology was already there because Nyla Nyla was actually supposed to be in the role of that big powerful heel, like throwing the girls around and stuff. So, so you have you have Sheeta, you have Nyla, you have two more. Sheeta, Nyla, yeah, I, uh, yeah, Britt was there since the first. Okay. And maybe yeah. Britt and Anna. And who else? Who's the last one you got? Well, Anna came. Anna came into the picture a lot later on, though. That was like Anna J was. She came in with the Dark Order, probably. So you got Riho, like how you, you know how. Probably, like the first time we saw Anna was maybe like a month before the pandemic, or like or like a few months into the pandemic. So I'd probably put Ali in there. But the only thing is, Ali hasn't been as consistent on TV, and she hasn't been in as many matches. She's been so too busy. LA, so. I guess I guess I'd probably tie Anna and and uh, I'd probably tie Anna with with Ali the Bunny. Okay. All right, Denaro, give us your four. I want to hear your four. All right. So is the criteria they have to be in the first year of AW or just like young up and coming talent that mean that, something? I think, that, I think that. All right. So yeah. if that's the case, then definitely Britt Baker's number one, for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Britt Baker's number one. Number two, I would say uh, Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida definitely has put on some great matches and definitely has been holding it down. Number three, Nyla Rose. She was someone who was there from the start and busted her ass, former champion. Number four, people going to hate on me. People going to hate on this. They're going to shit all over it. But number four, in my eyes, is Jade Cargill. Randy Rose. it's red velvet (laughs) nah nah my number four is jay cargill jay cargill is a young talent who her first match was on television for AEW. she's grown so much since and i think that when her career is said and done she's going to be one of the biggest names in women wrestling so definitely jay cargill is a pillar in AEW, in my opinion well i'll go i'll say best for last director I'm with you on Nyla. That's very, yeah. I'm writing them down right here. Just let you know, I'm writing them down. There's going to be a segment here. It might be a clip, all right? Nyla Rose is for sure. Yeah. And then Britt, of course, because she's been there. Um, who else could I say? Who else could I say? Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? I can't disagree. I can't disagree about Cargill. I'm with you on that. I, yeah, it's tough because there's a lot of women. Mind you, we forgot to mention, like, Red Velvet. You know, she's been there a lot, you know, during the pandemic era, too. Like, 
who else did we see there more? I mean, even Thunder, but could we say Thunder really? No, because he was already NWA made more than AEW. Thunder Rose is one of the biggest women to cross into the AEW company. Like, yeah. Mm. What about Abaddon? Nah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I miss Abaddon. I, um, uh, you know what? I'm I, got gonna, it. I got my four. Okay, I know you got your four. I, I'm curious. But, I got my you know, four. Uh, Nyla, okay, Nyla, Nyla. I'm going to go with Riho. I'm going with Riho. I think so. I think Riho deserves that. that. She deserves to be there in that four pillars. You know, she, her too. But she was a champion as well, you know, besides Sheeta in the you know, first ever uh, pay-per-view. I guess it was for the, for the belt, right? I think, which pay-per-view was that? Revolution. Uh, no, it was the first ever uh, episode of Dynamite. They wrestled. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, Rio versus Nyla. All right, director. Best for last. I want to hear your four. All right. I'll go Nyla. I'll go Sheeta. I'm going to go Anna J. Because she debuted on April 1st, 2000. So that was less than six months from their first day review. Okay. Number four, Tay Conte. Oh, that's right. Oh. Day, day, day one-ish, man. She'd been there for a minute. And she's she had she did have a career before, but that career was wasted. She was in the main Young Classic. People kind of don't remember any of that. So Tay Conte, absolutely. The fact they've put her nowhere near a title run is unfortunate. Just give her even, like, almost win a match. You know, she had one shot when Britt was uh, champion, but that was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, so that's my four. To be honest, I, I, I think Jay Cargill for sure, but I think she's she sort of transcends an like when you look at the male the male pillars, that's a bunch of mid card guys who are pushing to the top. Where Jay Cargill got put at the top and is respectfully maintaining that spot. That's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. I forgot about Tay Conti, to be honest. You're absolutely right. Because think about it, how she came from NXT. Didn't do much in NXT. She barely came from NXT, you know? I think they had her, what, like... I think they had her in the Mae Young Classic, and I think maybe one or two matches. Yeah, and, and that was it. enough to make a name for herself. And then she went, yeah, she came to, yeah, AEW and made a name for herself. So I'm with you. We're live, baby. What's going on? Dirty Heels, Cuffy Weston. Oh, yes, yes. I added to the list myself. All right, well, I know we kind of derailed it, but very quick. I think this match was great. These two women beat the shit out of each other. I tell you that. They did, bro. They that, that Guerrero bomb on the chairs to the outside. You or, thought you know, it was real beef. Yeah. yeah. I, I so they they I watched Dynamite. I watched AEW. Was there any storyline behind this feud, or was it just like let's just get two women with black makeup to fight each other? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, but this is still stemming back with them without them really saying it, but stemming back from when the Jericho Appreciation Society confronted the House of Black, like right after the last <laughs> interview before they went into Canada and had that big uh, main event with. So we had to be reminded, and we still weren't reminded. And yeah. the only thing that we had to be reminded of was they used to be besties, and now they're not. And I don't remember exactly a conflict. Yeah, but this match started wild with the fucking chair shot or whatever guitar shot from the ramp, bro. Yeah. Sick, and I, I was very impressed with Julia Hart. She's never really been like, she's not as ugh, I'm gonna hate for this. She's not as bad as Penelope Ford and Allie in the Bunny. Those those women are. Oh. Oh, okay, Penelope Ford is pretty good, but I don't think Allie is really that great. But I can see Julia Hart getting better. She just needs ring time, and they haven't been giving her that lately. And this was a fucking test for sure. I really like the entrance too. That was a new entrance for Julia Hart. 
I, I like yeah. Uh, she's singing her own song the whole time, and when yeah. she won, she was singing it immediately. I thought that was cool. It was way better. I mean, Scarlett Bodello does literally the same thing, but Julia does it better. Oh, tell me, he didn't just say that. Hi, if, you, if you think if you think Ellie is doesn't have two left feet, then I don't know what to tell you, bro. But she's, <laughs> she's worse than Lita. Oh my! Oh, fuck! Hey, fire me! Chris. Today, Yo, man. you're no longer the director. You're a hot take, Chris. You're the hot take, Chris. For Who's sure, the hot Lita, Lita and Allie both look like they're thinking about their next move. Three moves ahead of it. There was like, wait, what's next? Oh, oh, oh yeah, this. <laughs> you can see their feet. You can see their feet shuffling to get into position way before they get to the move. Is it, is it like Steve Mongo McMichael? You know. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. On top rope yesterday, we had all. Lita, Lita is the Mongol McMichael of of speeches of the feet. Oh man, this is like I'm done. I'm done with Mongo talk. We talked for like <laughs> 25 minutes about how Mongo botched every single thing he did. Russell Botch has a 30 minute Mongo mic drop. It's the greatest thing ever. Shout out to Ryan from Russell Botch. <laughs> That's right. And mind, we're talking about the, the wrestling, all right? We're not talking the personal Mongo. Yeah, yeah. Shout out for my. No, I'm probably. I'm pretty sure that's even worse. You know, Steve Austin stole his stole his wife. So I mean, uh, hey, wow, that's for sure. Shout but out to Deborah. Yes. Uh, shout out to Brian. <laughs> What's going on, my Ch- Chitown brother? Yes, uh, Brian. Yes, I'm with you too about take content. Be really needs to get back in the ring. Be a killer instead of being a side piece, like for Sammy. That's yep. for sure. P.S. Energy, Julie Hart. Beat the stuffing, uh, yeah, the shitting. Yeah, that was. I wouldn't say match of the night, but it was definitely like that was a surprise match of the night. Like, oh, okay, cool. Oh man, for sure. Uh, Matt Callis, you want to take it away on this one? Give us your take. Yeah, it's it's it. This is another case of I guess I guess House of Black really is now a babyface faction since Anna J is still a member of JAS. So it's it's a new it's a new kind of love i think she's going to be very julia hart's gonna get pretty popular like even more popular as as the months roll on and i wouldn't be surprised seeing her in like any type of title picture or any kind of like i'll say program feud any type of of high profile feud with any anybody like don't be surprised if you see julia hart versus soraya or something like that down the line like i wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. So she's really, I guess this is her big kind of baby face moment, more or less. This is kind of her, her, her big, like, this is, this is now a top eight. I guess this is going to be like our girl undertaker, more or less of AEW. Yeah, that's definitely the gimmick. I don't think they're hiding that like homage to Taker. I wouldn't say she's like debuted as a baby face. I think she's debuted as a respectable in-ring performer. Um, I think like, because she's, I think that the, the momentum of house of black is kind of like by proxy, she's a face. I don't even know if house of black is technically a face because they're anti-heroes. Like but you dark. Cheer, yeah. Like you cheer her because she's with house of black, but you don't just cheer her cause she's her. But I think we're starting, I think the crowd is now their eyes are opening. Like when Britt Baker did that hardcore match with Thunder Rosa and I claimed she's the new queen of extreme. That was like an eye-opener for Britt Baker, in my opinion. And I think this is what we're going with Julia Hart, where people are going to start to see her as a respectable in-ring performer and not just the cheerleader. It was it was the, I guess the kind of deal when it was like Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker, and Britt Baker had that bloody nose. And it was like that was like the beginning of – it was like when the pandemic started. And yeah. 
that's when she stopped being a heel, uh, even though she acted like it. She was the anti-heel, you know, the heel that you cheered. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think that that's where Jay. That's where um. Well, hopefully Jay gets there, but Julia for sure is now. People are like, oh, she she can go for sure. Good. I guess I guess for Julia, it's it's like put the more heels you put her against, I think the more uh, people will really cheer for her. Maybe maybe they might start her out with either the Outcast or maybe te- maybe her next match might be Tay Conti in the coming week. It'll be either Tay Conti or the Outcast or maybe. I don't know. There might be some kind of. It's like, are we that part of the outcast, or are we part of JAS? We're kind of aligned with the bad guys, so you know. Right. Well, you you know, you can have heels in separate factions, not aligned with each other, too. Yeah. Very true. I would. I. I wouldn't stop watching AEW, but if we did a corporate ministry thing, I would fucking. Oh, I hated that. (laughs) You really, you really want to ruin my attitude era? That was the moment. They can do it. But I was such a ministry fan. I was such a ministry fan. But then when it became the corporate ministry, I was like, no. It's me, Jim. It was me. I had Ohio have that clip How do you do that? How do you fucking put the Undertaker and Naked Midian <laughs> with Ken Shamrock? It was it, me all along, Jim Cornette. Oh, <laughs> I mean, God. you bought it. You all bought it. <laughs> To play devil's advocate, right? I'm not saying by any means I was a fan of the corporate ministry. But if you look at the names in that faction, that might have been one of the most stacked factions of all time. Well, no, literally it was. That was, I mean. Played Undertaker in the same faction. It was, and The Rock. It was. The Rock, yep. It it was designed to be that way. But then it was just like, that's just the whole roster. It's just like every heel in the company on one team. And I think the only faces left after that was Mankind and Austin. I think those are the two, you know, opposites. And Kane. It was, just, it was just, it was just too stacked. I like when they were separate, and it just didn't. I don't know. I was the, the really goth thing, and then the corporate thing. Just that, that those didn't make sense. Those just to me didn't make sense. That'd be like putting House of Black with, I don't know, with jazz. If you jazz, jazz. With, jazz. <laughs> with jazz, like you're talking about, where like you have like a comedy gimmick, and then you have a dead serious taker style gimmick. You put them together, it's gonna be. You can't. You can't serious up a comedy gimmick. It's just going to be you're going to comedy up the serious gimmick, and that's what just, that is. I could just picture Jericho looking at Alistair like how Shane looked at Taker walking down around the ramp. Remember back at the Alistair to give him that, like he was going to fuck him or something. Like just give him that look. <laughs> just giving him that look, and I could just picture Jericho giving him that look. Like when I could see Matt Cut just walking, and then I could see Jericho's looking at him like, like give him that smirk smile. Like it's just like fucking Shane. <laughs> I can just picture that shit already. That would be so weird as fuck if that ever happens. Jericho's <laughs> like, I am going to give you a body massage. After. This, this is me right now, and if you know, you know. I don't, I don't know if you know this one. Oh, <laughs> yes, I know what you're <laughs> <laughs> I do know that one. Oh, one of the best clips of all time. Yes, it is. I need to get, you I'm know what, I'm going to get that fucking clip next week for Shetty to get Dude, it's so, it's so good. <laughs> It is. It is. Go ahead, De Niro. <laughs> this, this matchup was another good matchup. I thought it was a nice surprise because I wasn't expecting this to be a really good matchup, but it ended up being really fun to watch. Um, Julia Hart, if you guys know Julia Hart, it was going on, Matt. <laughs> Julia Hart is like, 
20 years old, if I am not mistaken. She's very yeah, young. Yeah, at, at that. She debuted at like 18, for sure, in the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, so or, if she's... Varsity Hollywood Blondes, whatever. <laughs> Varsity Blondes. Yeah. So if she is this good at 20, imagine where she's going to be at like 25, 30. Like, she got a really bright future. And I believe Anna Jay is also like, what, 21, 22? 24. So her and Jungle Boy are the same age, I think. Yeah, well, very young. Yeah, these two women are going to have a really good future, and right now they're showing what they could do. So hopefully, AW gives them more time. You know, we talked about Collision being a opportunity for the women to have more of an opportunity. So that's being a opportunity for the women to have more time, not opportunity to be more opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) I have bad allergies right now. My allergies are killing me. But anyway, so yeah, I definitely think that. This was a great matchup, and it just shows what they could do in the future. So hopefully they get more of a chance. Anna J take on to Julie. Oh, oh, I like that. Ab- oh, shit. Imagine Abaddon in the House of Black. That would be a good match. I would like that match. I don't want Abaddon to join House of Black. I mean, you know, I don't know. I haven't thought about it that long. That might be kind of cool. But, uh, that'd be a fun match. That would be. That would be. And no, imagine – I can see it. Like in like a real a real lights out match that would be sick. You know what? I'm that fucking Mountain Dew Extreme Team Baja Beat. I passed. But how about this though? How about we have that, and then this is where where Abaddon makes her appearance, and she could be to she could be Julia Hart's median. Uh, median she would be Midian. Like, she would, yes. she would be Midian. She would be Midian. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's. I already know that. That I think she's even spoken that she. Weirdly, is influenced by Midian, which is okay. Phineas, uh, Godwin, cool, weird. No one's ever name dropped that guy in their inspirations. <laughs> now, don't go naked, Midian. We don't need naked Abaddon. No, Abaddon. no, we don't need naked Abaddon. Texas. I'm just saying that wasn't the best gimmick, it was an attitude gimmick. <laughs> All right, now let's move on to the how the open house match for the AEW Trios title. By the way, I wanted to mention I love the new belt design. What do you think I put them right here? Because it's almost similar to it. That black and little silver, what they did. I don't know if you guys noticed it. They got rid of that gold one. No, because of life and everyone during these matches. And then, yeah. I, which, oh my god, they need to stop doing this Sinkata shit. I, I I I love you, House of Black, but that little light steam, I don't know. If you guys kind of noticed the crowd was like, huh? Like what you know, like they were not they were up and down just a little. They weren't too I much involved. It. You love I love her. Yeah, like I'll just go real quick. I loved it just for the fact that it gives their matches a different feel. I like that this is if this is their rules, if this is like the House of Black rules, then it you know to have it feel like a different aura in the arena when they come out. Like I think that adds to them, and it wasn't like overbearing. This isn't the red light where you know Kane was wrestling back in '97 with that red light. It was hard to see him because he was all red, and they had enough of a spotlight on the ring that you could just see the ring, and. Kind of like what Tony Schiavone said on commentary, I like the fact that it felt like old school wrestling. Like if you ever go back to like the old like tapes of WWF in Madison Square Garden, the whole arena is blacked out and you just have a spotlight on the ring. And I always yeah, that's UFC's does that too, and it's super helpful. Yeah, I always like that look. So I think that that's pretty cool. So I I wasn't hating on this at all. Shout out to Nick Iris from the Ring Fanatics podcast, man. I hope they keep starting yeah. real. Yeah, old school. Like, really, yeah, or, I, mean, I wouldn't say fan, I'd say peer, because he runs a podcast too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 yeah. 
for real. Also, shout out to uh, Baja Blast, the rapper from LA who makes a cameo in our Wish You Would video. Um, go follow her on Instagram. Just a little friendly shout out. It's Baja with an H, though. Trademark ending. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Matt Callis, go ahead. Give us your thoughts about this trio's matchup. It's it's a little bit different with Bandito instead of Orange kind of in the, in the mix. So it's... It's a weird Bandito being outside of, like, you know, his regular Luchador squadron. Because, like, I it, it, I think I would have liked it if he was if it was, like, Bandito and Laredo Kid and, and uh, Hijo del Vikingo. Like, if it was that kind of Hijo del Vikingo. Like, if it was that kind of team, then this, I, I would have liked it. But this, I don't know. He didn't seem to, you know, it, it didn't seem to fit the... These, these two different things it's kind of like you know I, th- I i think best friend should have had like somebody who has kind of like a history with them um is it is more kind of closer to their gimmick maybe some kind of like nerdy wrestler guy rocky rocket or metal would have been the guy yeah, yeah. Rapunzel vice that would have been your rapongi's best friends version I think rocky romero would have been a better choice and then they could have used uh, their Rapunzel. so because 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 uh Rapongi Vice and Best Friends were su- were actually going on simultaneously. Sorry, I'm watching fights. <laughs> Knockout. I think in the what do you call it in the the Rapongi Vice hip hop song that's their entrance theme. They even reference Best Friends in that song, you know, as well. <laughs> House of, I, lo- I love House of Black. I think once they lose the titles, I think it will be kind of. I think Malachi and I think all three of them have really good singles careers in the making. I just kind of hope none of them. I, I I hope Buddy Matthews finds a good space to work in because I I don't want any of them to be the Marty Janetti of their team. <laughs> you know, Malachi Malachi has so many great kind of dream one on one matches you can do with them, and and as well as Brody King as well. Like uh, more of the big guy like. Especially him in like the super heavyweight division with like your Lance Archers and your and your Jake Hagers and any of and, and Luchasaurus and Brian Cage, all your big, 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 big fellas. You do some cool stuff with them. So well, speak, speaking of uh, big stuff, Temple, which I I literally forgot about that that uh, Demonic Flamita and Black Taurus did beat the House of Black, which was uh, Malachi and Brody King for the PWG Tag Team Titles. So they're the that Tag Team Champions. They could have been. Maybe they could have been the team with them, Bandito or Marino Kid. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. That would have been actually epic to see. Uh, House Black loses the titles. Rush, Oh, maybe that could be too. Uh, to Li, Lij, Los Ingobernables. Okay, all right. Director, the force yes. yours. I like these matches. Um, the best friends dynamic. They almost have like a freebird rule. I mean, they literally have a freebird rule where it's like any two plus any third who's just around can be in the best friends and get a title shot. And uh, that's all right. I ain't mad at that. Um, what I think is confusing to the fans is you really have to pay attention to who's legal in these matches. Uh, Cause I was watching this and they hit that trio finisher tower of terror, whatever the fuck it's called. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I, was, I was like, Oh, it's over. Who, who was who, who got the pin? Who, where I, so it's very confusing when you're just like watching the match and then you got to figure out like, keeping track of who's legal, who's getting the pin, when's Fincher coming. It was over before I really even felt like the match had started. Um, but other than that, the right people won the match, obviously. Um, 
And I hope that the crowd doesn't dictate like House of Black becoming stagnant. Like there's kind of like um, the Basham brothers, the the Boulder brothers, the, the fucking Eric Rowan, Bludgeon brothers. Yeah, I hope it doesn't become like that where people are just like, okay, we get it. And then they're kind of like, now we're bored. I hope that's not what happens to House of Black. Um, they they need a just keep Julie keep Julie Hart on the mic. Let her be the only one that talks. Let her dictate everything. Let her pop the crowd. Um, and I think they should be okay. Okay, awesome. All right, we'll see how you know they be booked in the next. I know they're booked. We're you know we're not even there at double or nothing yet. We'll get there eventually. I know they're against defending the title against the acclaim. And Billy Gunn, we'll see how that turns out to be. We'll see how the promos will start to that. But we'll, like I said, I'll save the segments for last because I want to get through the matches first. And of course, the main event, which you damn backstabber you. Yes, I'm looking at you, the one under Mike the Little. Your father turned his back. By God, Kenny Omega. That's right. Jesus. Why? Why, Matt? Why did you do this? Tell me why. Because I'm pretty sure. Look, the whole fans, when they saw that shit happening, they couldn't believe it. There's a clear open parallel. My direct parallel is Paul Heyman turning on Brock Lesnar to side with the big show. And once again, like, it goes in the history. Don Callis trained by Paul Heyman. So, you know, he learned a lot from him. So I, I guess this is... This is Kenny. Kenny is is Don Callis's Rock Lesnar, and I guess every so the theory is that that the theory is that it's not Moxley that Don Callis is going is going to be managing. That's going to be Will Ospreay. Uh, I'm. I think I don't know where they're going to go with this. Who who his new guy is going to be? Like it, Chris. If it, if they go with your prediction, because you're you've been. You're definitely right about the turning part, but I Konosuke Takeshita would be kind of cool to, if they're giving it to like if they're giving the managerial duties to a new guy. That would be kind of a like you know because because Takeshita needs a voice to speak for him. So who better than than Don Callis? And so, so you're, you're saying that Don didn't turn on the elite to join Blackpool. He just turned on elite, and then he's gonna go find something else. Well, because a lot of people are saying it's Will Ospreay right now, but I want it, Will Ospreay doesn't need a ma- mouthpiece, so I mean he's not good on the mic, but at least he's trying. No, I'm talking the, about thing makes sense, but like Takeshi's heel turn hasn't happened yeah. yet either. Yeah, no. So I'm saying it should be the explanation. I think next week we'll find out if if it is Takeshi. I'm definitely for the Takeshi because he needs Takeshi needs the mouthpiece because he doesn't. To catch the one hundred percent needs the mouthpiece. Like all, all love to those who understand or speak Japanese, but like we definitely, he definitely does at this point in his career, you know. So I, I think it would be really kind of good, like a heel to catch the, a heel to catch the with a mouthpiece will help him really be seen as that, like you know, uh, as a as a very as a future champion, as a as a dangerous like top guy. You know that'll be that'll be good to see. You know this is this is the kind of thing I think also Nakamura needed. You know in his days in WWE, just like like a a guy like Don Callis, who better? So it in that in that instance, you know, because I don't I don't see any of the other guys in Blackpool Combat Club being paired with Don Callis all that well. It's it doesn't seem to fit. It's it's 
Yeah, Don Callis is no William Regal, and it and it there's there doesn't seem to be a I don't know what history Don Callis has with any of the Blackpool Combat Club guys. I got a big theory, but I'm gonna wait until you finish, and then I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna so tell that'll be, you. Go ahead. So that'll be all. Kenny, Kenny could have his revenge at like at Wembley or whatever is going on, but I think. I think we. I don't think I need to see any more Kenny versus Moxley. It was this one was pretty good. They got a little bit weapon friendly. I'm not that disappointed. Some of the weapon stuff was kind of cool, but um, I think I think they got definitely got plenty of fists and they got plenty of punching and they got plenty of wrestling in as well. So it's a little bit of this and that column A and column B. So. I, I think Kenny could go up against any of the other. Like, probably Kenny versus Claudio, I hope they kind of pull the trigger on in, in, sooner or later after this. But I, I definitely give the match maybe like three three out of five if I had to give it out of five. So, well, was it even – was there a pin at the end of this match? Yeah, there was. There was a pin, right? Okay, so technically it was a match. Technically it was a match. Yeah, so three – Three count on Kenny with the help of she, with Don Callis hitting him with the screwdriver. Right. So. He took my fucking line. I was going to save it, but fucking, I, uh, yes, that's my theory. What Temple just put, Don Callis turned on Kenny Omega because he's bringing in Cody Bushi. How evil could that be? Book it. Mind games. Yes. I'm going to fucking play it. That would, that would pop. That would, that would pop the hardcores. Unfortunately, they cater to the hardcores in a way. I got to do it. I got to talk. I got to do Give it. Give me what I want. That's my theory, Matt Callis. Why you so, turn on Kenny Omega, he, damn it. Heal Kota Ibushi, then? He's, hell yeah. What okay. else? Bring, okay, think about this. Callis was probably on the phone with Kota Ibushi when he left. And then think about it. Maybe Kota Ibushi, even though Kota Ibushi mentioned that New Japan offered him a big, big money, that he might go back, they, you know, they reconcile the differences. But, you know, that's dirt cheap Dan's job, not my job here. But, hey, we will see. But... All I know is that that will be the greatest booking of all time there. Turning Coda and, mind you, Konoste Takeshita as well, alongside with Don Callis and Kota Ibushi. They can start building their fucking faction, their, their own version of the elite. Oh. Their, their own version of Golden Lover, okay? And Kota Ibushi turning his back on his best friend, Kenny Omega, and book that match at All In at Wembley. Two best friends going at it, or even at Forbidden Door, you could do that. That'll be that. Good. I mean, that's oh, that's. I Chris even said it. That either, will pop. If that either happens. way, I'll say that they definitely like Kota Ibushi also needs a mouthpiece like Don Callis. So that I think that's perfect. You know, keep Don Callis as a heel. We need him as a mouthpiece for those who can't speak English. So as long because Ken, people already like Kenny. He doesn't need Don. So, yeah, people, I think without Don, Kenny is going to be a lot more likable right now. He's going to be like a man. Kenny's outnumbered. Yeah, what's he going to do against all these bad guys? And then once again, it goes back to my whole, we could never have too many heels. So it's good that they're outnumbered. I hope they get, it'll be kind of cool if, if the elite is outnumbered or if they're like a man short in blood and guts or something. That way, like their victory is going to even look better. If they get it by the skin of their teeth, like oh, the good guys prevailed, outnumbered. It seems it seems kind of perfect. So, yeah, outnumber them, give them all like the cheating and help, 
and the good guys prevailing, everybody's going to like it. And I think Teddy's going to reach a more level, like a higher level of baby-faced lovability that he could, didn't have before. Okay. De Niro. First, the match, right? The matchup, I thought, was great. These two guys always have amazing chemistry, no matter what stipulation. But there was the lights out, even the, the barbed wire exploding matchup. Fuck the ending. That was a great matchup. Um, this matchup was a really good matchup. Uh, Kenny and John Moxley, like they've been feuding since day one. Like the first ever double or nothing event ended with Kenny and John Moxley fighting all through the crowd. So it's really cool to see them go back to the well with this. And I enjoyed it. Um, I was very shocked by the end. I, I first of all, I'm glad that Kenny is okay because that was a nasty, nasty spot where he hit that V trigger on John Moxley oh, yeah. and went through the cage, and then he had his yeah. leg caught. That could have been really bad. That but, was like um, the, the Lesnar thing with Goldberg, I think, right? Where yeah, spear the Lesnar through the cage, and I don't think the cage was supposed to break on that. No, it was supposed to. According to what okay. I what I was like listening to, everything else that it was supposed to happen that way. No, I meant on the Lesnar Goldberg one. If I'm remembering that correctly, someone went through the cage. It wasn't supposed oh, to. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, was, no. That was Lesnar was like, and Roman Reigns, the one in Saudi, the one they went through that. It's supposed that was supposed to happen either. That was yeah, that was the one that was like. That looked like it was supposed to happen, but it was not. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a nasty spot because Kenny Omega's leg got caught between the uh, the cage and the ring, and that could have been a torn ACL, MCL, meniscus, all that, right? So I'm glad that he's okay. But I was shocked by the end. I, I, I knew that Don Callis didn't fit with them, right? Because especially with this babyface turn for the elite, Don Callis is just too good of a heel and – he would do nothing for them as a baby face. So I thought they were just going to like kind of separate them instead of uh, like, like quietly separate them. I didn't know that Don Callis was going to turn on him. So that was a surprise. And I was saying last night on top rope, I thought that this was definitely going to lead to a heel to Keshta, but I like Ivan's idea a whole lot better. Like this leads to a heel Ibushi and Ibushi comes in, then that's going to be an amazing storyline. And I feel like that's a storyline that Kenny Omega could sink his, sink his teeth in. So, I'm all for that. But overall, this was a really good main event. Oh, man. Oh, oh. Director. Yeah, wow. Uh, I remember Kenny in that match with their first match where they had peeled back the, the mat and they had done like a superplex or a German from the top rope onto the planks. And Kenny had said that was the most pain he'd ever been in a match. And then we move, you know, two, three years later, they're still doing the damn thing. Um, good match up until it was over. Um, Ivan said something in the DMs where I've been predicting this Don Callis thing the whole time. Like the moment you have the moment he got attacked backstage. I'm like, oh, it's Don Callis. But it happening this soon, I thought we were all waiting for a pay-per-view is the big thing right there is we thought this was going to happen on a much bigger stage, not on a dynamite. And I don't see Don going anywhere, but Blackpool, it just doesn't make sense to me that he would turn on someone, align him, you know, help Blackpool get the win and then just go off and do his own thing. That to me, there's no story there. And then turning to Keshka, like that would have happened already. It would have been Takeshka and Don at the same time turning on him. Mm-hmm. Like maybe all of Blackpool came out. Then the elite came out like they did. And then Takeshka came out, and then they both turned, and then there's your big reveal. That would have been cool. 
to put some international flair into Blackpool. Um, but I think Don is going to stick with Blackpool. I think that was the move the whole time. Uh, I think he doesn't feel safe with the elite might be the angle. Like if he's going to keep getting attacked by the Blackpool, the only way to stop them is to join them. I think that's going to be the chicken shit story that he's going with, which makes plenty of sense. If you know the history of Don Callis in pro wrestling, he always goes where the grass is safer and the yeah. paychecks are greener. Um, and I think that's what's going to play out. And hopefully we get him on the mic next Wednesday. Ah, man. Does it, but does he fit though? The thing is, you think, does, does he anybody fit? Think, the thing about Blackpool is like, it, they, nobody fits per se. It's, and that's what fits. The, the cat uh, I could debate that, but okay, we'll go ahead, Matt. You think Wheeler and Daniel Bryan deserve to ever be in the same channel together? Why not? You got, you got an upcoming star. Wheeler Yuta is a he's oh god, don't even start. He's doing <laughs> the thing. I just oh debate me, damn it. Come on, let's debate it, man. Let's go. Debate the way parts. Parts of the video. I don't think like I said, Steve Wheeler Yuta makes Steve Blackman look like the rock. For his chemistry. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Really? Wheeler Yuta is Captain Captain Personality over here. You think Kim and Captain Charisma could share the mic together? We saw what happened when he tried to say anything oh. to MJF. He got destroyed. Even Daniel Bryan says he's a little shit. He's a, what do you call it? You said a black hole. <laughs> like you What's up? Charisma being sucked out of the room. Yeah. Like, the guy is not bad in the ring, but he just isn't. No one's tuning into Black Bull to see Wheeler. Like, if he wasn't. <laughs> If he wasn't there, you wouldn't be like, man, I wish Wheeler was in Blackpool. It should have been Daniel Garcia. Should have been Daniel Garcia, goddammit. I will I really want that decision. That's probably why they need Don Callis, Koto Ibushi, and Konosuke Takashita. So so you don't have to see too much of Wheeler. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, should have been should have been Garcia. And then I'm just I'm curious. I, I'm curious about the Don Callis. My prediction is probably the most linear, predictable decision. I just want to hear him. Explain it. Okay. Well, 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 yeah, we'll find out next Wednesday for sure. That oh, we, we hopefully you might. It'd be really funny if he just goes off TV for a month. I I think so too, right? I think imagine if he does, but uh, oh, man, well, what a good main event overall. But before, like I said, now we get into the segments. Now let's get into the segments because the couple of segments that I want to just key segments. I don't want to go over them. You guys pick whichever you got you invested. Of course. What does it say briefly? Thank God, you piece of shit, Tony. I, I know I'm fucking Christmas. You, Tony Khan, you finally thank you because where is Miro? And now he's here. We saw we saw him. The Redeemer is back, and then Thunder Rosa too. She made her appearance as well, but going to Tony Khan's office. Yeah, and we're giving you shit, Tony I'm Khan. So I'm not gonna sit back and take this fucking shit. Take this shit. Because I'm tired, and I know why you're bringing them. Because of Collision coming up, you're gonna use them for that roster. I guarantee. Even though you mentioned earlier, De Niro, that there's no roster breakup, but I feel like he's gonna use them for that. Maybe, or like how Chris said earlier about the Orange Cassidy, maybe he's gonna be the one that's throwing them. Who knows? Or maybe bring him back to be the TNT champion to fucking elevate that title where it used to be when he was a type the, the TNT champion. Dunder Rosa, I don't know if she's ready. Ward gonna be would be a good match. Miro Christian and Wardlow? No, Miro and Wardlow. Oh, hell yeah. I would love to see that. And then you have and Christian. They pass, they pass around like five times. <laughs> you have Christian, of course, 
who, you know, the whole crowd didn't let him speak at all. Notice that. And then <laughs> he, Detroit really fucking squashed his man. I, I can't, I don't know if I can say I've invested of him going after the TNT belt against Warlow. I don't know where is that coming into play. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, one thing, uh, and then of course, the outcast, I guess it's going to happen next week. I think they're fa- they're facing next week against uh, against uh, uh, Britt, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida. That's going to happen next week. And then uh, one thing, which is your boy De Niro? I literally, I'm gonna De Niro. I'm gonna tell you right now, your your boy, your band, Double J, double, double whatever the hell. I don't really want to say it. It is J E double F J double R E double T. Jeff Jarrett. He is great. I would say of how to tell stories. That segment and that ring with Briscoe and then they're taking a drink and then, you know, Sanjay throwing that drink and then FTR power driving Briscoe, assuming because they were blind, so they didn't know. It was. That's your old school, typical TNA. We've seen it at WWE. Yeah. We've seen it in on a WCW. Old school type of way to get a, you know, Something started like the mad, the middleman getting like, what the fuck? Why'd you do that to me? Like, and everybody's like, oh my god, what, what I, what have I done? I guarantee you, this was Jeff Jarrett's idea. As yeah. much as nobody, it, it can't be FTRs. I respect FTR. Can't be Sanjay's or the rest of the. It, it was Satin's idea. No, I mean, <laughs> what? It was. <laughs> it was Jeff Jarrett's idea. I like this. I like this. We're just going with it for double or nothing. Now yeah. that Briscoe's going to be the the, uh, the guest referee, let's see how this is going to turn out to be. I'm liking this story, to be honest with you. I'm not actually not mad about it. I'm actually pretty impressed. I like, see, this is where Jared belongs. Behind the scenes, knowing how to make, tell stories. Not in a fucking ring, okay? Jeff Jared, no. You take hey, away the, did you see his match with Dax two weeks ago? It was, it was yes, we talked about great it. Great matchup. If you're that age and you're in that shape and you can still put on great matches, you also belong in the ring. That's how I see uh, it. 100%, Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! 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 And, and, you know, and then we get those, you know, those segments that the Four Pillars did. We got Sammy's story. We got Jungle Boy story. We got Darby's story. MJF being the Paul McCartney one here out of, out of the Beatle ones. You compare it to each other. I like that reference. Good promos, not that started, because now – we got the, the trials and tribulations out of the way, right? And now we're getting the promos coming up within the next two and a half weeks because we're heading into Double or Nothing coming up on Memorial Day weekend, May 28th. So we're going to get that for sure, the booking of the promos, and which is good. Um, but that's I don't mean to cut you off. Double or Nothing time. is the day after uh, Night of Champions? Right after Night of Champions. Yep. Right after. <laughs> exactly. It's right after. Right after. Exactly, <laughs> and then yeah, I know it's the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Rampage spoilers. Uh, the only one spoiler is the segment of of the Hardys coming out, thanking everybody. Hey, thank you so much. We deleted uh, the firm, uh, you know, with the firm deletion. Delete. That's right. And then Ethan, and then Ethan Page earlier make amends with the with the guns to help them out against you know the Hardys. They came out, challenged the Hardys. The Hardy says, Matt Hardy says, one stipulation, if we win, we own Ethan Page's contract. So it looks like it's going to, 
I don't know what's going on with Ethan, man. The firm is done. I don't know what's going on, but sorry, that's that's the only spoiler Rampage I'll give you guys. The matches, I won't. I think Matt should watch it because Kyle Fletcher is on Rampage. Action on grading, and Kyle Fletcher is going to be a banger. I would watch that if I were you. That's today. Um, and that's it. That's what I have for the segments. I don't know which one you guys want to talk about, which one you guys get you more invested, or you want to go through brief overall. I'll take it. To you, Matt Callis, very quick, which one got you invested over these segments on Dynamite? I think I'd, I'm going to just do an overall. You know, I'm not going to go segment by segment. I like that they brought back Thunder Rosa and Miro. I think we'll ha- we'll get a lot of good matches out of out of them and mixing it up with whoever else. I think Thunder Rosa and Soraya would be kind of cool down the line. But um, I think another, another thing is uh, Jeff Jarrett and everything that's going on. In his world, his world, his world. Jesus. I don't know the lyrics. I can't. That guy's the the guy singing that theme. I can't understand him. I have the song on my phone now, though. So see, see what you did, De Niro. Now you got him having on the phone now. Hey, the battle, battle, big D. You will see a king. You know. I mean, I, I. I, I kind of hope I, I get some good uh, Jeff Jarrett singles matches in the oncoming weeks. Tottenham Singh, I don't know who he reminds me of at the moment, though. Like, don't like say Kali. Do not say Kali because he's not a Kali. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say this, though. Like, like what Jeff Jarrett was saying about Tottenham on his interview with Je- with Jericho is like, he's a basketball player, so the, the footwork is there. We just got to work on everything else. That's that's why I'll say I reckon. Now, I say, NBA. What's up? <laughs> Satnam was the first uh, Indian-born national to sign to the NBA. Maybe I like how Matt's impression of Jeff Jerry sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, no, I'll, <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, I'll say he's a good basketball player. I'll say, now I'll say, boy, now I'll say, boy, be be be, now I'll say, boy. <laughs> that's a joke, son. It's a joke. <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn. That well, Tennessee is pretty close to Kentucky, you know. So they touch. yeah, they touch. <laughs> yeah, they touch. You know, maybe maybe that'll be like the maybe whoever feuds with Jeff Jarrett, that'd be a good way to make fun of him. It's like Jeff Jarrett, you sound like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> and show up with a <laughs> <laughs> But that'll be all. All right. All right, director. I like Sutton seeing a lot. Uh, you can see that he tries not to smile every time the camera is near him. You can see he's a he's a he's a jolly gi- giant, um, for sure. And putting him in a serious role is cool. Like I get it for now. Uh, I'm more entertained by him than I am by in the entire body of work by Omos. Um, I, I can't wait to see more of Sutton seeing down the line and see what they do with him. Uh, I just think he's funny, and I think he knows that. He's just put in a serious role where he's just, like, trying not to laugh. Um, and who else earned their paycheck on Dynamite was Raquel Paquette. She is allowed to bring her personality to the mic, and I love her interactions with people. Her uh, interview with Orange Cassidy, <laughs> I was like, bro, that's so funny. Where Orange Cassidy was like, Renee, I'm tired. Me too, bud. <laughs> I was like, bro, I love that she's just not doing the same old fucking vanilla interview show your teeth and just walk away. Like she's, she's really living it up over there and I hope she's having a lot of fun. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, not a bad dynamite at all. Things happened. Storylines progressed. 
storylines are pushing towards the pay-per-view and we'll see what happens. Mm, De Niro. So I'm going to go one by one here and I'm going to be very long-winded. So, no. <laughs> 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 nah, just like I was called, everyone else, overall, I think that fun, fun segments. I was just most impressed by the way they handled Miro and Thunder Rosa's return because it had a sense of realism. Miro's been very vocal on social media that he wants, you know, out of his AEW contract just because he is, you know, not being used. So Miro finally appears, and it's not to start a new storyline or start a new feud or attack somebody. He's finally back on the show. What does he do? He goes to confront the boss. He goes into Tony Khan's office, right? Which I thought was very cool. video that wasn't supposed to air. That was that was. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. quote Miro. There was a cameraman who went all the way up to his face. Yeah, <laughs> and I, dude, we- I wanted to bring CJ with him. Like I fucking goddamn it, she was so good. I mean, she yeah. wasn't great, but like she was, she was, she was, a, she's a missing piece to the Miro puzzle for sure. Well, they were a great package together. Do you guys think there's going to be a Stone Cold Miro storyline then? <laughs> like, yeah. he's going to put Tony Khan in the uh, accolade, or what is, what is he called? The game over? Yeah, that, that game! Is. The Dave and Buster bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but not yet. And then when they had Thunder Rosa do it too, I thought that was interesting because it's a very similar situation. Thunder Rose has been, I don't know if you guys watch AEW All Access after Dynamite, but it's been a lot of Thunder Rose shit talk on that show. Like, they're constantly showing um, Britt Baker shit talking Thunder Rosa backstage. And Thunder Rosa was very vocal on social media about, you know, AEW's constantly just like promoting and showing these uh, women backstage shit talking me, but never giving me an opportunity to like really say my piece. And then she even said something like, oh, this is a problem starting at the top because if Tony Khan would have allowed me to have an opportunity to say my piece. So for her to come back as well and want to go confront Tony Khan, I think that that was really cool. That, that reminded me a lot of a Vince Russo storyline where it was, hey, you know what? If there's real life problems, we're going to air it out on TV because that's what we do. It's realism, right? Realistic storylines, realism is going to always be more interesting than the I'm better than you are. You know, you're the best in the world. No, I'm the best in the world. I wrestled in Japan, blah, blah, blah. I think it's always going to be more interesting when you know that there's real life animosity or real life heat. So just those two little small little things of two people who are disgruntled with the organization walking into the boss's office. It was really interesting for me. I liked it. Stone Cold Rosa. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line because Thunder Rosa said so. That's right. All I'm right. All I can say for me is I enjoyed everything. I want to see what's going to be the outcome for Miro and Thunder. And I want to see what happens to Ethan Page because that's where I'm like, what happens to Big Bill and Lee Moriarty? That's a wasted. Like, they just can't figure. They, oh, they had it. They fucking had it. But they, he was with. Uh, he was a Scorpio, and then he was with some other thing, and then some other thing, and then some other thing. Got, they should he keep should, Big he should Bill. Have been champion. He should have been whatever the European big, champion. I don't know. Big yeah. Bill and the boys could be trios champions, so they could be the big, the big ass boys. The big ass boys. The big yeah. Bill ass boys. The big Bill oh. ass boys. But you know what? This before we you know close it out here very quick. Next week, of course. The preview, we already mentioned one of them, the six-woman matchup, but they haven't mentioned all the card yet, but I know 
uh, this should be over because I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of of Ricky Starks. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Ricky Starks getting booked very well, but uh, Jay White is what I've been digressing about. I hope they move forward with this. I thought they were going to wait until I double or nothing. Well, I'm glad they're doing it now. I'm hoping they book something better for Jay White and rock hard Juice Robinson for double or nothing, hopefully. And, of course, we forgot about talking about the segment that happened on Dynamite, Jericho with Renee Paquette. And I'm of course, excited. I'm excited for this one. I know you are. You're excited for it. Because And Roger Street, you know, Jericho was like, okay, you want to fight me? But, you know, I, you know, Adam Cole can't come in the ring. It can't be around the arena. Roderick introduced him a uh, document as well. Well, guess what? Your JS is banned from ringside and from the whole arena as well. So we're going to have this. That, that, was that, that, that was pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah. I was just waiting for Jericho to say, you stupid idiot. But he didn't say it. <laughs> you know, that, that match is going to be a dream come true for Roderick Strong because I was, I remember listening back like a long, long time ago, Roger Strong on the Art of Wrestling podcast. Growing up, his favorite wrestler was Chris Jericho. And the reason why he does the stronghold, which is the uh, Boston Crab, was because how big of a fan he was of Jericho doing the walls of Jericho. So it's going to be awesome to see him finally step into the ring with the guy he idolized. That's very true. And I totally, really, really forgot about that. And then um, what else is happening next week? I'm just trying to see. That's pretty much what I have so far. Nothing else has been announced. Uh, I besides the women's tag, you know, six man. That's it. Nothing else next week. I guess we'll see how they're gonna start building those championships, having it to double or nothing because they gotta. They don't got enough time. I mean, we got what is it? Yeah, two weeks. They got two more dynamite episodes. So I hope they start building them up and get and hey, but you know what? They haven't even announced matches yet for dynamite. I mean, for uh, double or nothing. We only have the main event and the tag and the, and the trios tag. That's it. We have a title match. Um, it's going to be Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus FTR with Mark Briscoe as the special referee. Mm-hmm. And does Mark Briscoe turn, stay? You know, they got to figure out that situation. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another great, fantastic episode here of Uno Cincuenta You see, we told you we we're going to revamp things around. I hope you guys like the new graphics, like everything all. Super everything nice. Love it. Yes, and also now you, I'm adding this for the finale because you can follow these individuals on their Instagram right below. You see right under the links, at Chris Kennedy Guitars. Of course, at MGC underscore Onk. Of course, Mike DeNiro at the Resident DeLorean Pod. Of course, at Circle Debate. You can follow us there, right there on IG. I'm more, I'm more on the COD than my personal one, so I don't do anything in my personal one. So I don't even try to follow <laughs> my personal one at all. I do more with. Hey, you like my post on your personal one? No, I'm joking. I yeah, know, he, man. That's all he does. He, he, he shows love. That's it. That's all that matters. I, no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I show love. But yes, and also wanted to wish everybody, of course, because tomorrow's Mother's Day. By This is why we did it today instead of Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to everyone's mothers out there. Everyone, regardless if it's a real or not, I don't, it doesn't matter. Just happy Mother's Day to whoever. For has raised you and put you, you know, and guide you to the world where we're at today. Wish nothing but mwah, kisses to all your mothers out there. That's right. And of course, don't forget FDS too. Do we have anything coming up for FDS, Director? Uh, yeah, the single Wish You Would comes out May 23rd, pre ordered. Enter to win a trip to Los Angeles, hang out with the band at Universal Studios. Uh, and that is what we got going on. Go to FDS Band Official on Instagram, find the link, and enter to win. 
That's right. We still got it. Yes. If you Universal Studio. Universal Studio. Hang out with the director. You know, he'll fly you from wherever you're at to LA. Hang out with the director. And the Anywhere FBI in the continental United States, don't get it twisted. You're not coming in here from, from Canada or Europe or Australia. Ah, that's fucked so, up, man. What, what would you say? No, no. <laughs> can't do it. Hold on. Can't so do it. no Hawaii or Alaska, right? Exactly. Okay. Okay. There you go. But there you I want to hang with the director. Did you pre-save the track? you damn right I did. Then you're entered to win. <laughs> hey! <laughs> That's right. But yes. No outro today, ladies and gentlemen. We're just going to end it like this because I'm still working on a new outro. I said everything's going to be in place next week. A lot of changes you'll see on our social medias and on our YouTube channel, Twitter, the Twitter, IG, all of that. Now we're down that De Niro is part of the logo. And yes, love it. And he's... Somewhere right there behind this, and then yeah, the so SoCal. There's there's too too many things to show you. <laughs> if I come, I gotta stay for like a month. Oh wow, that's probably more than a month. You stay. I got a couch somewhere. <laughs> I appreciate that. Four. <laughs> that's right. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next Sunday, uh, three o'clock Eastern, two o'clock Central, one o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We'll be giving, of course, the same. You, of course, what happened on Raw and SmackDown. We'll bring some NXT this time and some impact. Whatever's going on in the world of news and professional wrestling. And, of course, the AEW Dynamite, of course, because the next week's Dynamite is going to be stupendous because we got to see what's going to happen heading into Double or Nothing. But, yes, señoras y señores, gracias por todo el apoyo. We bid you adieu. Matt Callis, let people know what do we do here. We don't make podcasts. There are no roads where we're going. <laughs> there you go. Bye. We make history. <laughs> <laughs>